Seinfeld, the Jimmy is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys that are the Velvet Pod. I'm Rob Sister, and here's Akiva Winnicker. Akiva, how are you? Uh, Akiva's very excited to be here. Right, this is the last, the last time I'm doing it. <laughs> Rob is excited, too. Uh, we broke from our discussion of the Kelly Ripa co-host draft uh, to start doing uh, this podcast. We'll have to reconvene that discussion for another time, Keeve. Uh, yeah, we stopped doing it after you drafted uh, every Mets starting pitcher before any celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we won't get into uh, which Met uh, would be the best co-host uh, with Kelly Ripa. That's a conversation for another day. But uh, we've got a lot to get to here today. Jimmy, one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, it should be a little more famous, but I, I do think it's viewed properly. It's not uh, It's not like underrated. I think it's generally viewed as one of the better episodes and for good reason. Such an original episode. Yeah, so the Jimmy involves this um, guy from the gym who speaks, <laughs> Jimmy from the gym. Uh, he speaks in the third person. He's got some plyometric shoes. Elaine has a thing for him. Jerry potentially gets violated by Tim Watley. George is under suspicion of stealing a bunch of stuff from the Yankees. Uh, really uh, a dire situation over in the Bronx uh, in this episode and potentially in real life, and then also with Kramer that he is mistaken for someone who is a mentally challenged person. Yeah, so many storylines that would just pass right through standards and practice in 2016. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we will go through all of that here today. Uh, how are you doing, Keeve? I'm doing great. Uh, couldn't be better. Very excited about uh, life in general. I just got uh, my in-laws were here for two weeks. They just left. Oh, so how's that? It's like life-changing, right? Yeah, I'm, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not complaining, but it's it's always nice when you have co- like any company and then they leave and it's like, oh, I remember what life was like when I just lived in my house with my family. Yeah, it's nice. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about this. So really nice uh, to have independent Kiev back in the mix. That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, you got any news items this week? Well, first of all, uh, Jerry Seinfeld celebrated a birthday this week. I feel like we do this a lot, but do you want to guess how old Jerry is now? Uh, how old is Jerry? 62. Oh, that's good. Is that right? Was that a guess? Yeah. Okay. I feel like you've nailed that before with some of the like the main actors' ages. Yeah, I feel like I have a good sense of where they are. Is that, is that like your weird talent? That you <laughs> I don't think so. Anyone is? I don't think so. <laughs> but we could try it as we go along through the show. But I feel kind of feel like like didn't we probably talked about it a year ago, right? Probably, but I still wouldn't have remembered. But yeah, sixty two, looking good. Yeah. Oh yeah, looking great for sixty two, doing good. You know, I think that Mike Francesa, I think, is also like uh, only sixty two. Like, I think yeah. not looking as good, not looking as well, young. I, they also they didn't look the same. Like, Jerry looks the same as he did 25 years ago. And so does Mike Francesa. To be fair. <laughs> like, neither of them look different. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jerry, it does have he goes with the like basically like a crew cut now at this point. He does like the Matt yeah. Lauer thing. Yeah. I don't know who knows if that's real or fake. <laughs> what do you mean? It's fake. His hair. I don't know. He's rich. He's, he's wearing like a face. skull cap. I'm not sure. No, like, I don't know. He could maybe he's just got some just for men or something. His buddy Keith Hernandez hooked him up with it. <laughs> All right. So, Keith, anything else going on in terms of Seinfeld news this week? Yeah, well, we have a little bit of uh, life imitating art. Ooh. Um, the Boston Red Sox have a player named uh, David Ortiz. Yes. Big who's poppy. retiring after the season. Yes. 
And uh, a, a, one of his biggest fans, a six-year-old boy named Maverick Shoot, mm-hmm. who uh, is a rare but serious congenital heart defect. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge Big Poppy fan. And uh, Kevin Millar, who was his former teammate, I, I think works for ESPN now, told Big Poppy about this big fan of his Maverick. And they made a video for Maverick before the game. And in the video, Big Poppy said, take care, and I'm going to hit a home run for you tonight. Remember, remember that for you. And then he hit a two-run homer against the Yankees because Big Poppy is a great guy. Mm-hmm. And the kid was crying. And it was a big deal. And he guaranteed, you know, he guaranteed the home run and he came through. So really very similar to Kramer promising the sick kid on Seinfeld that Paul O'Neill would hit two home runs for him. <laughs> yeah, and it was not an inside-the-park home run that no, Ortiz hit? No, I don't think it's possible at this point. <laughs> like if Big Poppy hit an inside-the-park home run, you would know. It would, be, it would like affect the, <laughs> like the tilt line in, in Los Angeles again. I guess what would be the modern day equivalent of that? I'm sure we will get to that point where it's like David Ortiz hits a home run, but then they do it like an instant replay and go to like the booth review and realize, oh, it was fan interference or something like that. Yes, but then the fan was Newman or something. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that episode uh, when we get there, but we've got a great episode to talk about here today in the Jimmy. So let's uh, jump right in. Going back to March 16th, 1995, the 18th episode of season number six, written by Greg Cavett and Andy Robin. Cavett and Robin. Yeah, truly one of the uh, one of the great tag teams of all time. <laughs> of course. Uh, so Jerry starts off with some stand up talking about trying on shoes and how they have that little mirror that's like a foot off the ground. Is that like the angle that a cat sees or a homeless person? Now, Keith, I'm probably barking up the wrong tree with that. But is that still a thing? Do they still have those kind of mirrors in a shoe store? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I bought shoes in a store. I really... Yeah, uh, I buy the same shoes. We just when my, my shoes like start breaking, I just buy the same pair again. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, I did go to, I did go to a sneaker store uh, recently because my mom's like, oh, I hate your sneakers. When I was at her house. She's like, come, I'm, we're going to the sneaker store. Mm-hmm. And I went there and I realized I hadn't been there since like I was 11. And I, I like, kept telling the shoe store, the guy who was selling me shoes, like, you know, I haven't been in the store in 20 years. Mm-hmm. He was not interested at all. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? You're better than me? Are you too good for the shoe store? Like I was a negative one when you were not in here. Oh, can I add also speaking of uh, you think you're better than me? I had a some thoughts on after our podcast last week about the doorman. I did have some. Is it, can I give it here or I'll forget? No, right now. Give it. So real quick. So I have a new timeline of events for where the doorman, we tried to figure out what was going on there, what ended up happening to the couch. So I think the doorman he went out, he told Jerry, I'm going to go get a beer. And he's sort of like having a beer and he's like watching nearby and maybe he's smoking cigarettes outside of the building, sort of like keeping an eye on what Jerry is doing. And so the FedEx guy goes in, he gives the package to Jerry, Jerry signs in, the FedEx guy is like, whatever. And he says like, hey, how about those Knicks? And Jerry cops an attitude with the FedEx guy. FedEx guy walks out of the building, runs into the doorman. They know each other, obviously, from all the times that the FedEx guy brings a package to the building. And he's like, boy, what's with the new doorman? And he's like, I know, right? And so they start talking. And he's like, hey, you really want to screw with this guy? And it's right after that. That's when Jerry leaves. Like, did he just leave? Oh, my God. Nobody's watching the door. Like, let's nail this guy. Let's mess with him. He just signed this package. Let's take the couch. Let's put it in the truck. We said it had to be a two-man job. FedEx guy is in on it. They move the couch right out of the building into the FedEx truck. They drive off, and that's how they get the couch out of there. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Then that we should almost like superimpose that into last week's episode. No, uh, like, yeah, it's only for the people that if people only just listen to the doorman and don't listen to any other podcast, they don't get that. No, they don't. And uh, by the way, this is our 100th episode of the Seinfeld podcast. Oh, happy 100th episode. <laughs> I, I, was like, I can't tell you what I was doing that I thought was really still thinking about how the doorman pulled it off. But uh, that was just something that popped into my head during the week. And in the in the uh, in the uh, viewer mail to come later, uh, Chester really had an impassioned plea for the uh, doorman. He is very pro doorman. Pro doorman. Yes, I did read his email during the week. All right. So let's get into the actual storyline of the episode. We start off at the health club. And again, it's one of these locker room scenes that we've seen going back all the way back to the boyfriend where coming out of this basketball game, everybody goes through a real grooming ritual to the point that Kramer even shaved at the health club. Yeah, there's a lot of grooming and stuff going on. Like if I go to I, I've never been to a gym, really. But if I went, I feel like I'd be in and out. Try to be in and out. I'd, right. I don't, I don't know if I would like spend an hour in the bathroom like this is the only gym in the world that doesn't have like the 80 year old naked guys walking around behind they probably do i just figured that they were off screen but yeah i don't understand why jerry is showering at the gym it doesn't make any sense to me at least you could argue that george okay he's like going to work like what time of day is this so you mean okay so it's a little different so do you, if you go to the gym, I don't know if you ever go to the gym. I used to go to the gym. I do not and have an active gym would you shower member. at the gym? Or no, never. I've never once okay, taken so a shower here's the at deal. the gym. You are just going in your car. The only person who has to smell sweaty Rob is you. Okay. Because that's LA. In New York, you have to take the subway home, take a cab and, and punish the cab driver with your scent. You know, take an Uber now. Something like that where maybe it's not the same thing as just getting straight going straight into your car and then just going hopping in the shower right when you get back to your apartment i guess so i guess that's a thing okay good call there good call there i'm too much of an we gotta, outsider we gotta think new york centric here this is a new york show like chester is very upset that we don't think new york enough <laughs> we don't think new york enough the We're, minnesota guy is mad that the two new yorkers don't, don't right think about Right. I'm thinking about it too much like the creators of the show as they were making it, uh, as they were not living in New York. So in the health club. So they're talking about that. They played a pickup game and apparently it was like a two on two game. It was Kramer and Jerry versus George and a new guy, Jimmy. And George was very taken with Jimmy and his game because that guy is George's height and he can dunk. Yeah. Are you sure it's a two on two? I think so. I mean, unless there were other people in the game, but we don't really get any mention of them, right? Yeah, but I, but who plays a two-on-two? I feel like it has to at least be a three-on-three. Three. Well, if there was two other people, a fifth and sixth person in this game, they, didn't they are shower. not mentioned. They just left. They just, they just left. left. Yeah. Okay. But you would imagine, though, if there was some sort of three-on-three, three, why aren't George, Kramer, and Jerry all on the same team? It's a fair point, but maybe they pick teams. You know, George is definitely going to pick last. Also, Jimmy's dunking. Like in a two-on-two, is, re- is Jimmy really throwing down some jams? Yeah, I think that George is setting him up. I think if it's a full-court game, it's easier to dunk. Yeah. Three-on-three, well, uh, three, I don't know. Like two-on-two, two, I've never dunked, so I, I wouldn't know. But Well, George says uh, to Jimmy, who comes through, that I feel like uh, we had some real synergy out there. Maybe it was a two-on-two. Two. Yeah. So George is like one hell of a point guard just setting up Jimmy uh, to bring it home. And of course, we have that Jimmy, that his character trait is that Jimmy always talks in the third person. Now, I think that to some degree, this episode really did popularize the idea of talking in the third person. Is that too myopic of a worldview? Did the Jimmy 
change language in any way? Um, it's a good question. I don't I like I do think that it made people do it ironically more. I'm not sure if people do it as you know, if people do it seriously any more than they did beforehand. But I do think it, it, it became it's it's hard to know, like how much of the of the Seinfeld stuff really here contributed, because I do think it's something that happened a lot happens a lot more now than it did 20 years ago. Right. So I believe like the modern athlete, the musical artist, the person that's referring to themselves in the third person probably has no knowledge of the Jimmy. But how many people and athletes were talking in the third person prior to 1995? I believe it's a very short list and the people that did it were very well known. But I think that you saw more and more people starting to do this. Well, I don't think that it's the only reason I do feel like that it really did help spread the virus. Yeah, it's a good point. I feel like uh, I don't know if Sean Falconer can track this for us. I don't know necessarily. Uh, So I think that there is a Sports Illustrated article that is talking about this. Apparently, uh, Muhammad Ali is the most famous person to be referring to themselves in the third person. Also, Ricky Henderson was also big into the third person. I believe Reggie Jackson also was a third person. Uh, Now, I don't know if maybe Reggie picked it up after being around the Yankees, but he was apparently doing it before George was saying it around the Yankee organization. Yeah, uh, I think Harry from Atlanta has a list we could read later, but uh, he had the best one, which is Elmo. Elmo is probably the most famous one now. Yes, well, that's a problematic one for a lot of parents that Elmo refers to himself in the third person, which is not using the uh, proper way of speaking and is teaching kids a bad example. Yeah, although I don't, I, my kid doesn't really watch a lot of Elmo, and he still says me or you know instead of I or or he'll say his name. He doesn't. He'll never use proper grammar. Yeah, I believe Cookie Monster is also a offender of the grammar rules, but let's not go too far off the beaten path. So Jimmy has shoes, special shoes that he uses for training, which Kramer outs as being plyometric shoes. The muscle has to grow or die. Were the Jimmy shoes a real thing, Akiva? Yeah, I think uh, I think Johnny De Silvera uh, did some research, and they were a real thing in the nineties. Why aren't they still around? Did they not Probably work? They, didn't, they didn't actually work. So how does Jimmy dunk? If you will yourself, you could do anything, Rob. Is that what it is? You could dunk. You could dunk if you convinced yourself that your shoes could help you dunk so really that jimmy when he's not playing basketball that he's just like you know squatting like 400 pounds on the machine and stuff like that so he's just like constantly working out and then he is then saying that it's the shoes yeah that's what all the shoe companies want you to think and it's like a phantom limb thing where you just like it's not even there you just assume that it's helping you yeah it's interesting or because placebo is probably what I meant. to say. Yeah, George, that he shows no ability to jump after he's wearing the shoes. But for a few days, Kramer also is wearing the shoes, but they don't seem to do anything for him. So, yeah, I think we could probably say that the shoes are a scam. I do think they're a scam, uh, but I think all shoes are a scam. All shoes are a scam. All sneakers are like they're not going to you're not going to be able to shoot like Kevin Durant just because you're wearing his shoes. It's, it's all nonsense. I don't understand how any athlete gets paid. 40 million like I athletes should be paid more to play the sports. I don't understand the endorsing the shoes part of the the deal. Okay. I'm looking uh strength shoes, pain, no gain. I guess so I guess they they hurt uh to wear them and I'm not sure maybe this uh we're probably definitely treading into falconer territory as to whether or not the jumping ability of people are affected by plyometric shoes. 
Yeah, and we're definitely going to lose Nike as a sponsor after this. But, you know, we have to be honest with our listeners. (laughs) Yeah, so we're not buying it. Anyway, so George wants to buy some of those shoes from Jimmy who sells them. George has a business card right in his top pocket. I feel like I've never seen George go for a business card before. He just happens to have one there. Well, if you worked for the Yankees, you'd probably also have a business card. He wasn't going to have one when he was like unemployed or when he was just working in some office and they didn't know he was working there. So you think George always has a business card in his top pocket? This is just the first time we've gotten to see him pull it out? I think he just, you know, he got the job and it, it took a few weeks for them to get printed. And this is the first time he's busting them out. Okay. Jerry is brushing his teeth here. And I was ready to jump all over Jerry. Uh, Robbie can jump and jump to conclusions and jump all over Jerry. But it turns out that Jerry is actually headed to a dentist appointment. Yeah, I never brush harder than when I'm going to the dentist. I don't know about you. Uh, Probably not. I would say that's probably when I floss the hardest. I think that that's really my uh, prime flossing time is before I go to the dentist, acting like I've been doing that all the time. Yeah, but I I do get Kramer's point because sometimes I go and I'm like, oh, the dentist was way too complimentary. Like, there's no way... Had I just like not brushed this morning, he would have been like, you know, calling nine one one basically. Like I don't <laughs> understand why. Like, is this guy a quack or 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 is it? But it's really the brushing makes it all look better for a few hours. Yeah. All right. So then we find out. So Jerry is going to be going to see Tim Watley. Another Tim Watley appearance. He's really all over uh, season six. And so we also find out that Wilhelm is calling a meeting. Uh, there is a big meeting at Yankee Stadium, and George has to head over there. His shower didn't take. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah, you took a shower. It didn't work. He doesn't take a In the summer, sh- it happens all the time, right? You're, like It's like, oh, this is totally pointless because like you take a shower before bed, but you're going to end up sweaty, or you wake up in the morning, but like you're going to do some activity in 20 minutes that is going to totally negate the purpose of the shower. Is it an unseasonably warm March 16th, 1995? <sighs> It's maybe like for George, any any activity is strenuous, like even going in the subway makes you sweaty. Sometimes it's hot. Yeah, this is a Wilhelm's debut. Yes. And we find here the first appearance of Wilhelm and that he is the person calling this big meeting about a scandal going on at Yankee Stadium. And we'll uh, find out more about that when we get to the meeting. Also, we hear that uh, Kramer says, tells Jerry you should not be brushing your teeth right before 24 hours before going to the dentist. Yeah. And, I, you know, who knows where Kramer gets his facts from? But I do. I think it's the, the surgery thing is correct. Right. You don't eat right before surgery. <laughs> the surgery thing is correct. So Kramer is Kramer is a little bit confused. All right. So he says you need your strength for surgery. You have to eat it. Uh, by the way, uh, looks like the uh, the mean temperature for March 16th, 1995 was uh, 48 degrees, high of 51 that day. Yeah, but this was, remember, this was uh, just aired that day. I don't think this show was filmed live, right? This happened wow. a few weeks earlier. Okay, so you're saying, but are the events of the episode supposed to be occurring that day? Yeah, I have to say yes. Okay. Right. Well, I, it's hard to say because like the Christmas episode is around Christmas, but it's never on Christmas. That's right? fair. Crazy to air. That's fair. So, so it's it's give or take a few days. So you would think it's probably always in before March 16th. Correct. Think it's, it's early March, probably early March. So I think that's probably going to be even colder. You think that George would just get a chill just going outside. Some people are just naturally very sweaty, though. <laughs> that's possible. He might have been still wearing Gore-Tex at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, some people just they sweat wherever they go. So the shower, 
I mean, you could also almost argue they should never shower because it's just they're always going to sweat it out two seconds later. <laughs> All right. So we let's go to that big meeting at Yankee Stadium called by Wilhelm. And there's really been some serious stuff going on that we really never get to the bottom of. So apparently it started off that there was just some minor things being taken from the stadium, like no big deal. But two nights ago, they pulled off the big one. Listen to this haul that people stole from the Yankees. They took a pitching machine, a batting cage, the infield tarp, and all of Mr. Steinbrenner's vitamins. Uh, And they believe it's an inside job. Kiva, what kind of a truck would you need to make off with a pitching machine, a batting cage, and the infield tarp, let alone Mr. Steinbrenner's vitamins? Yeah, I think you need multiple trucks here. A batting cage is enormous. The pitching machine is probably hard to move. Uh, clearly, there's not a single camera inside of Yankee Stadium that could catch the person who did this. I don't know where, like, clearly, this, nobody's storing this. You have to resell it right away. And these things are almost so big that it's it's impossible to sell because they're so easy to spot. But the Yankee Stadium tarp, I mean, did they unroll it and then, like, fold it up into a way that was easy to carry by a couple of people? I mean, these are the hardest objects in the world to be transporting. It takes 30 guys to put the tarp on the infield after the game. Yeah, I do think the tarp is is way bigger. That's fair. Like, the tarp is way bigger than... Uh, then yeah, it can't. I don't even think the tarp can fit in a truck. I think it has to be like taken through some sort of like conveyor belt or something. Yeah, like it was something like oh, it's like the World Series trophy or something like that. Okay, sure. Like okay, maybe George could be possible that he's doing this, but this is like some Ocean's Eleven type stuff that's going on here. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. I believe it's it's uh, it's a bridge too uh, far. Yeah, the tarps. I mean, could it be somebody from like Steiner Sports, like uh, get your collectible uh, swath of the Yankee Stadium infield? You think think it was Steiner Sports who probably has some sort of relationship with the Yankees? (laughs) So they have access to the stadium or they know a guy. Yes. Yes. I think it's some collector. (laughs) Yeah. And and so but then like, how do you say like we have a Yankees tarp and like, uh, did you steal our tarp? No, there's a different tarp. I was. How are they going to get away with this caper? Black market, I think, at this point. But <laughs> they're a legitimate company, supposedly. Yeah, no real internet that's going to track this stuff down. They're doing it like a that's trade true. show. That's true. Like, people will be like, hey, are you guys selling tarp? Like, a Yankees executive comes into the store, and they're like, guys, hide the tarp. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think Signer Sports is coming aboard as a sponsor either. We're losing them left and right. Here. <laughs> left and right. Okay, so the problem is for George that he's so sweaty from being at the gym. Wilhelm is looking at him and sees that he's uh, sweating bullets, and uh, he feels like that George is the culprit of this whole caper. Yeah, I, I don't, like just to me, George, you know, he's shady, but I think this is above his pay grade. <laughs> I think so too. All right, so we see Jerry going into the dentist's office of Tim Watley. There are penthouse magazines. In the waiting room, Jerry is seeing other gentlemen reading the penthouse magazine in the waiting room. Akiva, does this idea repulse you? Is Tim Watley onto something? This idea of smut magazines in the waiting room of the doctor's office. I mean, it's first of all, it's gross. Yeah. And I, I, I just can't imagine, like, why would you want to do that? Especially in the Internet era, the, the idea of like some guy going to a medical office. And just like reading dirty magazines, mm-hmm. uh, like and even though it's a room full of adults, I assume when Kramer says that Watley banned kids, 
it had already happened when Jerry's reading these magazines and they weren't around. When oh, the yeah. Children were- I don't think it was like a spur of the moment decision. Yeah. This is something yeah, Tim Watley no is going in the for. room when Jerry walks in. I feel like he's just realizing it when Kramer mentions it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's still totally nuts. Yeah. No, it's really a, a very crazy idea. And I, but I don't even think you could. I feel like that it's sort of a little more loosey goosey in 1995. I feel like that this would be sort of like on Instagram and, and he would be like shut down by just sort of like, uh, I don't know what you would, whether it would just be social media shutting him down. I don't know if there would be a government agency involved, but I feel like this would be sexual harassment just to have these things around. Yeah, I think there's a reason why even in the stores that sell them, they still have to go behind that like white, I assume they do, like the white uh, like lampshade type, you know, the light, like window right, shade like a thing. plastic thing in front of it. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, to me, it's someone would like tweet about it and then that guy would be like all over the news. He'd be on like, the Fox Five News at eleven mm-hmm. or ten, I guess. Yeah, because Seinfeld's on eleven, and then, uh, and then he's like, uh, you know, he gets shamed into putting them away, and then it's like they have a mom on. They'd have a mom come on the news and be like, "This was my son's favorite dentist, but he ditched little Johnny in favor of Playboy." And then <laughs> Penthouse, not even Playboy. Well, yeah, not Playboy anymore, I guess. And then, uh, y- you know, so he would be. It would. It would only last a week at most. Yeah. And then, uh, he would get the publicity and it would be gone. Well, it's extra funny that it's Penthouse and not Playboy because I feel like that Playboy, I feel like at least even then, like had a reputation of being a little bit more tasteful where Penthouse is uh, certainly like, you know, you can't even argue like, uh, oh, it's art. Yeah, but we find out why it's Penthouse in the last scene. Of yes, the yes, 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 yes. Uh, but it's even funnier that it's a uh, <laughs> that's where Tim Watley is going. It's not even just like he's going to go. You know, okay, a little bit one toe in the water. He's going full on in. Uh, with oh, yeah. Penhouse. Wally doesn't do things toe in the water, as we find out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Jerry and Elaine are at Jerry's apartment, and she's talking about the Velvet Fog. She is somehow roped into having tickets to go see the Velvet Fog. Mel Torme, that he is hosting, or he is going to be the featured entertainer at this benefit for the AMCA which is a group, which I believe is a fictional group of the able, mentally challenged adults. Oh, yeah, definitely fictional. Fictional group. All right. Uh, Jerry does not want to go. He does not want to hear a man sing a song. And there's a couple of moments in this episode of, you know, uh, both uh, Jerry and George have a point in a conversation where they really are trying to make a big point of that they do not find men attractive. Yes, that is one of the sort of running through plots through the uh, series. I don't need, this is the sing a song thing. Yeah, this, and this is not even that. This is Jerry. I, I don't want to hear yeah. a man sing a song. It's weird. Yeah, he like feels bad for him almost. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want it. He says it's embarrassing. And then Elaine goes right into that. There's this guy at the gym. Do you know his name? He's the guy with the handsome face. And he's like, really, Elaine, I don't pay attention to men's faces. Yeah, it's a little bit the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Is there like is that I mean, this is so sort of uh, old school that you can't you know, you couldn't even make these jokes now. But like, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything to it? Like, do you have an opinion on which men are good looking? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I I, I would I used to joke that like when when like a la the Seinfeld stuff that like, uh, you know, if someone's like, oh, is that guy good looking? He's like, you know, my biggest problem with women is that they're attracted to men. Like, I'm so grossed out by men. I would, this, is, this is a bit. Like, I'm so grossed out by men that, like, I'm almost unattracted to women. Because, like, think about, like, how my wife is disgusting. Like, she's attracted to, a sense, like, 
maybe once upon a time she was attracted to me. That's like yes, once the weirdest time. thing about her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm only tra- in, in like you could only be attracted to lesbians, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you would only want what you can't have. Is that the idea? No, it's like there, like almost that. Not really. I think it's I like I. How could I? It's almost like you could I, never date a Yankee fan. I could never date someone who dated a Yankee fan. Even. <laughs> yeah, you could not be attracted to the thing that you feel is so repugnant. Sure, it, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're attracted to men that the, yeah, it's like I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm in again. The, uh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. For uh, yeah, I don't have that hang up. That's not. It's not something oh, about. Does. That's not about me. This was like. Uh, this was. This is sort of like the Seinfeld version of, of thing about it. But I do think. I don't even think the bit. Yeah, I don't think the bit works in 2016. No, I, I don't even know how great it works here. I think that the way they do it with George later on, I think uh, actually plays a lot better uh, when we get to that point in the episode. But anyway, that here comes Kramer. And Jerry says, hey, you see that, you know, I don't find men attractive. And now here's Kramer. Uh, he talks about George Will that uh, do you find men attractive? And Kramer says, George Will is an attractive man. Uh, do you know anything about George Will? No joke. I have a lot of George Will baseball books, but I, I think now he does more politics than baseball. Yeah. And I don't I like, you know, I don't I haven't really thought about his name in years. But as we were doing this, like I clicked like refresh tweets and literally the top tweet on my newsfeed a few minutes ago is uh george will picking his nose <laughs> yeah and uh it's there's a deadspin article about george will is a hoardy uh expletive no george will is hot these days and i don't mean it in the way that kramer means it i mean, he's like uh, i guess uh taking on trump he's really uh you know uh really starting a firestorm yeah i don't know you should stick to baseball either way george will i don't know i don't know what he's uh <laughs> yeah I, you should have to you know you should have to be able like you should have to retire from political are you know arguing the same way you have to retire from sports yeah you can't just you can't just have a take for 50 years i feel like whether it's good or not you have to hang up your taking uh pen at a certain point well elaine says that she finds george will smart and kramer doesn't think he's that bright yeah kramer's just attracted to him he doesn't think uh doesn't think he's a genius now here's something very weird in this episode that i'm hoping that you can help me sort of try to figure out what were the writers going for Jerry takes out a bag of lollipops and he's handing out the lollipops to everybody. We see him at the end of the episode. He's getting a Mr. Good bar. I understand that he is going to the dentist. I also understand that he has a cavity. But why has this suddenly been introduced that Jerry eats candy nonstop? Yeah, you know what? I have no idea. I I I didn't even notice it. But it's definitely intentional. Like it's definitely Yeah, no, it def- it, I mean it definitely makes sense with the dentist theme and he does have a cavity which by the way is on jerry like i feel like jerry's teeth should be pristine and he shouldn't have a cavity is it almost like that they have a conversation whoa 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 jerry wouldn't have a cavity why like why is jerry have a cavity doesn't he have like we see him brushing his teeth doesn't jerry have really good hygiene like what if he secretly eats a lot of candy yeah and he does have a lot of sugar cereals also (laughs) yeah I don't think it needed to be explained why Jerry has a cavity in this episode, but we do have Jerry just like with lollipops and candy and stuff like that in the episode. <laughs> it's weird. And there's literally uh, zero dialogue about about this throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then in addition to that, uh, we have where Jerry tells Elaine and Kramer about, hey, did you notice that Tim Watley has penthouses 
right out on the table there at the doctor's office. And Elaine doesn't seem that horrified by it. Yeah. And again, it, it goes back like there is some just major issues with it. Like, OK, so kids aren't allowed in the waiting room. Fine. You've at least killed one of the birds. But like, what if someone brings one of these magazines to the bathroom? Then the whole operation's off. Right, right. Maybe it's like they have like a really enforced policy of no reading material in the bathroom. Who's enforcing that? Like a dentist's office usually has like three people working there. Yeah, well, maybe that's one of their big things they got to enforce. I mean, maybe unless they have like one of these like keypads and you have to be buzzed into the bathroom and like, uh, hold up your hands, Rob. We want to see you don't have any magazines in there. Well, you feel like the patients of Tim Watley just can't control themselves for the no, you know, no, 20 I, but, minutes. First of all, it's an issue in general. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even if it's a Time magazine, uh, you know, you don't want them being red flagged. We, you know, we'll, hear, we'll right. hear a lot more about uh, what you can bring into a bathroom in a later season. But <laughs> it is a concern. Surely, surely it is a concern. But Elaine doesn't really have a big issue about it. And Kramer, he's excited. He's looking forward to his appointment with Tim Watley. He might get there early. <laughs> when you're a dentist or a doctor do they send you the magazines for free or do you have to pay for them i think they probably uh it's a good question uh, that we need to ask that for our doctor correspondent because i feel like that because not every doctor's office has a great selection of magazines no i once slept in a in a in a doctor's office why it's okay so basically it was like a family friend we were staying uh, at their house for like uh, there was like a bar mitzvah or something mm-hmm. like nearby. So we were staying there and they're in attached their house as their doctor's office. But they also have like a bedroom in it. Mm-hmm. But then when you come out of the bedroom, it's just like the entire doctor's office with like all with like five different checkup rooms and all these things. The, but the point is, I had like no reading material, but there's hundreds of magazines. I was you know, it's great to just, you know, you have hundreds of uh, of reading options if you're sleeping in a doctor's office. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a very uh, interesting, uh, good reason for to become a doctor for all the magazines. Yeah, I feel like now on Amazon, you just like you know, you like Google any magazine, you could get it for six months for like three dollars. Yeah, but in nineteen ninety five, for the medical school, free bills. internet. This is uh, you know, this would be huge to have access. That was the to all only the way to get the magazines. Probably for for less than like a million dollars a year, was just to become a doctor. Yeah, it was that was like the tuition was like cheaper than all the magazine subscriptions. Yeah, and I would like you could even choose your doctor based on the quality of magazines because like you go to some of these pediatricians and you're not doing any better than like highlights magazine. There's mm-hmm. no like Sports Illustrated to be found. Can't find anything like uh, Rolling Stone or a Time or whatever. Right. It's like, all right, forget it. We're going somewhere else next But time. if you went to a doctor's office, would you even pick up a magazine in 2016? No, definitely not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe if my phone died where I was, like, charging it next to, mm-hmm. you know, that. It would, I would, like, see the article and then i just call it up on my phone. I guess. <laughs> I don't even know why anyone has magazines anymore, actually. Yeah, it's a very good question. All right. So, George comes in. And uh, Elaine starts asking George, do you know the guy from the gym, the blonde guy on the exercise equipment? And George is like, no, 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 I I don't know who you're talking about. She's like, no, don't you know who that guy is? And he's like, Elaine, I said, I don't know. And she has a really good line of just admitting a man is handsome doesn't make you a homosexual. And his great response is it doesn't help. (laughs) Yeah. And again, this doesn't they usually like go out of their way to sort of like be progressive but here it just comes off like they're being you know babies 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I do think that there's a lot of that throughout the series, and it's just the thing that's that's in Seinfeld. Oh, it's definitely a running through line of like we're we're afraid to be viewed as gay. Yeah. All right. So while that's going on, that George is talking about how he is going to be the backer for Jimmy. He's cut a deal. And he's going to pay, pay this money for Jimmy to get more of these shoes. He's got a proven sales method. He jumps. Yeah, I mean, and it's not a bad idea. As far as like Seinfeld wacky business ideas, this is definitely one of the better ones. Yeah. And so Jerry, who does not like Jimmy, is this just over the basketball game? Is Jerry just a sore loser with Jimmy? Or does he feel threatened that George is really taken with Jimmy? I, I don't I think it's more that Jimmy's a weirdo and Jerry doesn't like weirdos. He does not like him. He's different. And so... Uh, Jerry's mocking Jimmy. Jimmy's got a record. Jimmy's jumping for dollars. Uh, Jimmy and George are going to get rich. Uh, and so uh, we see more of the scoffing of the Jimmy. But George, is, again, is very impressed with him. Kramer goes into the refrigerator. He starts eating the Chinese food. Kung Pao. Kung Pao chicken. Yeah, very spicy. And by the way, he takes it out of the fridge. Ostensibly, this was not put in the fridge in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and but it's still like burning hot, even though it was, it was just sitting in the fridge, possibly for days. Well, I, I believe that it's spicy. I don't think that it's the temperature is hot. Well, I know. OK, so it's just but I, does it stay spicy after like two days in the fridge? Yeah, I mean, I think if you eat one of those red peppers in uh, Kung Pao chicken, I mean, that's going to be hot. It could be in the freezer. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. And so, and, but how do you not just spend like the twenty seconds and put it in the microwave? <laughs> I don't like, know because even if the even if it's spicy, like how is it not better if you if you just nuke I, it? Look, it? I'm sure it is. I mean, uh, let's not get into a referendum of Kramer's eating habits. Yeah, that's He's true. Leftovers. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we get the introduction of the kung pao chicken in this episode. And so we see now Elaine at the gym. She's trying to get the attention of this guy. And he's not really paying attention to Elaine. We find out later why. Uh, but as he walks away, then Jimmy is like on Stairmaster and he says to Elaine, hey, Jimmy is pretty sweet on you. And Elaine thinks that he is talking about the guy, the blonde guy, the handsome guy that she's trying to get his attention. You notice there's like the fourth or fifth different gym we've already been in with Elaine so far in the series. Oh, yeah. I know. I didn't notice it's a different set. Yeah, this is definitely different than... Uh than than the last one we were in yet i feel like the locker room is the same as in yeah the definitely Amanda's the same episode. locker room same locker room yeah so standard issued locker room in the gyms around manhattan oh yeah it's just no it's actually they all the gyms share a locker room oh yeah yeah and so jimmy tells elaine that jimmy's new in town he doesn't really know anyone uh, where is what's jimmy's backstory like where is jimmy from that he just he says he just moved into manhattan which to me Makes it feel like that Jimmy is like from some suburb of New York and just moved into the city. Yeah, let's let's say he's from Jersey, but I agree with what you're saying. Okay, so Jimmy's new in town. Jimmy doesn't know anybody, and you know that's you know let's say he moved from like Central Jersey or something like that. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I think what Jimmy does is he goes into a place, he lights it on fire. You know, he's he's the hot guy in town for a couple of weeks. And then he burns a lot of bridges and he's got to move on pretty fast. He's a con man. He's more of like a get on people's nerves, man. <laughs> okay. He might be a con man, too. He's also a hothead, as we find out later on. Yeah, in the but that's what I'm saying. He gets into a fight with the wrong guy. And then uh, and then he's got to move on from, you know, Hoboken to Manhattan. Okay. And so Elaine is still looking for a date for Mel Torme. Does Jimmy like Mel Torme? Jimmy loves Mel Torme. 
Yeah. Does any before Seinfeld? Did anybody know Mel Torme? Was that like a reasonable expectation? I think that people knew who Mel Torme was. I think that Mel Torme had a very nice career prior to 1995 and being on Seinfeld. Okay, but is this what he's most famous for? Uh, I don't think so. I think that Mel Torme has. Uh, let, let's not disrespect uh, the career of the great Mel Torme, the Velvet Fog. Okay, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, we want to be ensconced in the velvet fog? We don't want to uh, disparage the great Mel Torme. <laughs> uh, you know, he was. I like. It's. It is funny. They give him like a, over a minute, really, to sing, to sing the song. He's yeah, like, you're going to do your whole act, Mel, on the show. No, I think that I. I believe Mel Torme was a, a pretty big deal. You know, I think that he's probably, you know, in 1995, I think he's probably at least, you know, semi-retired. But I bet, you know, Seinfeld's probably not in the first couple of paragraphs of his uh, Wikipedia or IMDb. I'll check as you keep talking. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that he's had a, had a pretty good run, Mel Torme. Anyway, so we go back to Tim Watley at the dentist office. It's Kramer's appointment and uh, that he is telling Tim Watley how he enjoyed the reading material. And uh, we see Kramer starting to get set up for his Novocaine, uh, which is going to pay off. He gets the suction device, uh, which Tim Watley calls Mr. Thirsty. Yeah, by the way, so uh, it's mentioned after his appearances on Night Court, but before his appearance on Sliders. Yes, yeah, so Ultraman Torme on Sliders, wow. Yeah, so, uh, so Torme... In my opinion, it's still the number one thing he's known for, but Wikipedia disagrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a good run, Mel Torme. Yeah, all right, no, pr- no problem with... Uh, Born Torma. Yeah. He was a child prodigy. Yes. I will say that maybe Seinfeld really popularized the nickname Velvet Fog for Mel Torme. I think that's probably the biggest thing that Seinfeld did for Mel Torme. Yeah. He sang in a band led by Chico Marx. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Wouldn't want to be in any band that would want me to have me or something like that. (laughs) I think it's the wrong Marx brother, though. Yeah. It was Carl. Okay. So we see Kramer now that he is at the gym he is wearing the Jimmy shoes. Uh, he also needs to cut out the candy. He has to cut out the Skittles. That's Kramer's go-to candy. Love me some Skittles. <laughs> you do? You know, Skittles weren't kosher for like the first like 25 years I was alive. And I, I make up for long lost time now with the Skittles. Yeah. All right. So Kramer fills Jerry in on the policy at Tim Watley's office. It's adults only. Yeah. So... It's great. You can swear. You don't have to watch your language. Would you be interested in a adult only dentist, Akiva? I mean, I, I I wouldn't choose. I wouldn't go to a worse dentist just because of, uh, you know, the kids weren't allowed. But if it was the same dentist and like Tuesday was no kids day and Wednesday was yes, kids day, I'd probably pick Tuesday. Do you let the expletives fly at the dentist office, yeah, or in general. I, I mean, just you know, if if uh, if Mister Whistle or whatever, Mister Thirsty, Thirsty, you know, really is bothering me. I, I don't know. I don't hate the dentist like most people. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. I just you know what I hate the music at the dentist. I I do think we have to get out of this classical music era, and it, it, what it does is it makes you hate classical music because if you hear a song that's generally played. When you're at the dentist, mm-hmm. when you're not at the dentist, like it makes your teeth hurt and stuff. You know, you feel like you're at the dentist. I, mm. I feel like I have no idea why being at the dentist and like there's no music when you're at the doctor. Right. Yeah. And if there was, it would not be classical music. It would be like top 40 stuff. Probably. I don't know yeah. where like the dentistry and the and the classical. If someone actually 
wants to do some research for I next I think week. there's a lot more unpleasant sounds at the dentist. I think they're trying to drown stuff out more. Just play some Metallica and really drown it out. What do we, why do we need, why do we need classical music? I think is- they also want people to be at ease also. I think that Metallica, people are a little more unnerved. I think that's probably not everybody loves what Metallica. What about like instrumental music, like Explosions in the Sky, you know, like the, the Friday Night Lights. What about some Mel Torme? I would much rather hear Mel. <laughs> See, that's how Mel Torme can really get back in the public eye. Every dentist on like the, you know, the anniversary of his death or something, like agreed to play Mel Torme. Yeah, the Velvet Fog. I think that'd be a good move. All right. So then Kramer, he's all Novocaine up. And, uh, you know, it is uh, funny watching Michael Richards try to do this. Uh, I don't know if they actually did Novocaine up Michael Richards. I know he is a method actor normally. Yeah, he probably it's a good question and I don't have an answer to it. But uh, I think uh, he, he, he could have done it either way. But I do think he probably maybe he maybe he went the Jimmy route where he had someone like punch him in the mouth. Yeah. Or at least got like some sort of like numbing gel on his mouth because he does do a really good job with it. And oh, so, yeah, definitely his best, probably his best acting job of the whole series so far. <laughs> so he's drinking water and he's getting water everywhere. And uh, Jerry is like, how much Novocaine did they give you? You're drooling. And Jimmy comes in. Jimmy wants to showcase some new moves, which is not ideal in the locker room, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think like you have any sort of basketball move where even LeBron James, I don't think, is walking in a room like, hey, look at this new basketball move I can do. And also... I've always been very skeptical of Jimmy's basketball moves in the gym here. Mm-hmm. I almost think that you're putting him out there. And I, I don't really have any info on whether the actor Anthony Clark is a baller or not. Yes. But to me, the first before the first cut, it just seems like he doesn't really know how to dribble. Hmm. And then from behind, I don't know if it's a stand in. I'm not sure. Like I'd have to see the angle again, see if you could see his face. It's, you know, he does a through the move through the legs move that's, you know, competent looking at least. But you never want your actors playing. It's like speaking of Friday Night Lights, who, where most of them supposedly couldn't play a lick of football. Like you want to keep your actors away from uh, from doing any sports unless they are actually good at the sports. Do you think that Jimmy's plyometric shoe business took a real hit in the 2016 Steph Curry shooter era of the NBA? You mean you mean because shooters don't need shoes? No, is it less important to jump high uh, in the sort of, uh, you know, three point game of the NBA? I don't think so, because you got to you have to it's it's it, basically we've gone away from the long twos. So you're shooting threes or you're or you're, you know, Curry's still laying the ball in a lot. Yeah, um, I, there's def, there's definitely still jumping. And don't you need shoes for defense? Like we're putting more of an emphasis on defense. Yeah, now. but that's not what these shoes are for. They're not for playing defense. That, I mean, by the way, that's a good that's a good like uh, business plan for us. We sell shoes for like that are just like for defensive specialists. <laughs> yeah, what do they, they like, grip these the shoes floor will more? Not help you dunk, <laughs> but these shoes will help you stick to your man much better. Because the appeal for of Jimmy's better. shoes are that you can dunk. And if you're not going to the low post, if you're not going into the paint to dunk, do you need Jimmy's shoes? So I, I, I think there would be a lot of problems with these shoes in general, like on the marketplace. One, aesthetically, they're horrible. <laughs> uh, right. They're 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 like so they're like clown shoes in the front. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I don't know. I think Steph Curry's actually like you'd think it it affected the shoe game. I think Nike not signing him ended up being a big deal. Like Curry's shoes are selling through the roof. Oh, sure. But I'm just saying that these specific shoes that were are advertised. Oh, no, to make shoes you jump that are higher. all about like the dunking. And again, this is the 90s. They have, there were a lot of crazy shoe ideas. Remember 
like the Reebok pumps where you had to pump up your shoes a few times. Mm-hmm. You like you know there was a lot of they had the uh, the ones that like made the that had like the lit up. They had the ones where uh, they like made some noise. They, I don't know. There was a lot of crazy shoe stuff that none of it made it past hammer time. Right, but this is now the era. You know, Shaq has just come into the league. People want to dunk. Yeah, I do think. See, you're what are you six one, six feet tall? <laughs> uh, we can go with that, but uh, probably. Oh, you're like, not. Are you like five ten? Yeah. Okay, I, th- I don't know why I thought you were tall, uh, but still at five ten at a at a at a spry five ten, <laughs> I think if you took a break from podcasting this summer, or yes. not really, but if you if you went to the gym every morning for two hours, two hours, yeah, and, and just practice, I do think by the end of the summer you'd be able to dunk. Wow, <laughs> I do think you. I, I think anyone can do it. There, I've read articles and stuff okay. like I'm I'm not tall enough. There's no way I could do it. Yeah. Boy, but yeah. I do, th- I do think that if if you made it your, I mean, you have a bucket list with like go buy asparagus from the supermarket. <laughs> I feel like dunking should but be somewhere. Two, on your I mean, uh, do I have to go on the weekends too? Fourteen hours a week to work on dunking? No, no, you could no. I think it's. I think you need a recovery day. I think five times a week. Five times a week. Boy, that seems like a lot of hours put into something I really don't care that much about. Well, if you don't care, it's maybe it's not for you, but. I challenge any of our listeners, especially someone who's like six one or something, but mm-hmm. has never been able to dunk. If you spend the next six months working on it, you'll be able to dunk. So report back to me uh, with a video of your dunk, and I'll be very proud of you. Okay. So Jimmy ends up trying to show off his basketball move. He slips in the water. Jimmy is down. Yeah, he he does do play by play of his fall. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy is hurt and he is down. We go to commercial. And we come back uh, and the paramedic says that Jimmy is going to be probably in traction. Jimmy might have a compound fracture. Jimmy's going into shock. Yeah, there's some very different injuries going on here. We almost needed our medical correspondent this week because like like, traction is a back issue, right? You think so? Compound fracture is not a back issue. Mm -hmm. And then shock, I guess, is just he's so shocked about being hurt. But like, I don't understand what his injuries are. They seem like some very serious injuries for a guy who just slipped and fell on his back. Like, I'm not sure how he has a compound fracture and the traction. <laughs> well, maybe the plyometric shoes is, you know, doing some other damage that is now being discovered by the injury. That's possible. It's possible the shoes were a net negative here. Yeah, yeah, it's the kind of thing where a guy has like an arm issue and then he changes up something else on his delivery and then he's ending up like having like blowing out his shoulder because of that to compensate. Maybe that's what's going on with Jimmy. It's uh, it's a good point. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, we never really get to the bottom of Jimmy's injuries. And so suddenly George shows up. I don't know if he was scheduled to be there and he's mad. Why weren't you more careful with your drool? Uh, Jerry wants to know, why do you care? And George explains, because if he can't jump, there goes the sneaker business. Yeah. And again, this was a very uh, I like the business, but but m- maybe the way they're pitching it doesn't really work. If if you just need Jimmy to go in and jump in front of people. Yeah. Well, I want to just make a video of him dunking. Well, I guess then you have to like, that, get like that camcorder VHS and you didn't have right, a you video have to go of like, it to the, to right. the footlocker with a VHS and hope they had a thing. But they that also could... that might have worked if they would have done it before Jimmy got injured. No, of course. But I just think the plan was never good. <laughs> OK, I, I think the plan was so so. I think the plan was was, you know, compared to some of these plans that we come but up with. But you can ne- you the, either way, you can't let George in the room jumping for. Exactly no, no, you can't have George in the room. I, I, it might have been a better plan than the bro or the man's ear is all I'm saying. Oh, we never got a poll on the bro. Or the man's ear. <laughs> let us know in the comments. What was the better name? All right. So Kramer heads out and he tries to get in a cab. 
he ends up running into a man, uh, Arnold Dean's Fry. Dean's Fry. Yeah, I think Dean's Fry is how he says it. Okay. Uh, Totally, there's got to be a reason for that name because it's totally unpronounceable and ridiculous. Yeah, so Mr. Dean's Fry, that he is going to take the cab, but he mistakes Kramer for a person who is somewhat uh, mentally challenged, and uh, there is certainly a case of mistaken identity going on. Kramer doesn't realize that that's what's going on here. We clearly do. Yeah, no, Kramer has no idea. Um, yeah, but it is it is really played beautifully. Uh, you know, it's almost one of the more realistic scenes in the in the episode. OK, so now we haven't touched on this yet in uh, this podcast. But, uh, you know, as people covering a show, which is now, you know, 21 years old, I think it's our duty to at least talk about how would how would this be treated differently? Because I think a lot of more people would have a problem with this episode had it aired in 2016. Yeah, it's a good question how you'd be able to tune it, to twist it, that it would work now. Um, I forget what the when I was watching all the must-see TV shows for that podcast, there was a similar episode with Just Shoot Me with the, mm. I forget what the guy's name was. Yeah, but when I watched it, people were like, oh, yeah, that's one of my, that's like the most famous episode of Just Shoot Me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a different perspective in that, you know, and, and maybe you do, too. Uh, you know, I, I taught uh, special needs students for a couple of years, and I know I would have gotten in trouble for showing them this episode just because, like, why am I showing them Seinfeld in school? Mm-hmm. But I know they 100 percent would have loved this. Like they would not have not have been none of them would have been offended by it. And they all would have thought it's really funny. Yeah. Now, I know it's such a, uh, you know, a important and sensitive issue uh, with different families and uh you know understandably other than to say that it's hard to imagine if this would get on the show i don't know if there's any other commentary we need to add to this yeah you know what's interesting to me also is that they're not directly mocking one specific thing it's not like he thinks kramer has down syndrome Mm -hmm. or he thinks kramer is autistic do you know what i mean it's just a general idea that he thinks that Kramer has special needs Mm -hmm. basically uh, maybe makes it less offensive. But it is important to say that, you know, uh, if if people thought it was like there's whereas some issues have really uh, become, you know, we've sort of advanced in the world in the last 20 years, like on LGBT issues uh, here, uh, things have probably uh, maybe we've advanced, but it's certainly where we were much more aware of them in 1995 uh, compared to some other things, and it was not viewed as an offensive episode at all. I don't think they got a single complaint for the net from the network. You know, the network didn't get a single complaint about this episode. Yeah, and the characters are not acting like we're. You know, Kramer does not take offense and say, "Wait, you know, like uh, that, I'm." That's definitely not the case. That how right? Anybody- he's not like embarrassed by it. Uh, the, the, he's treated very well, and, and the people that are trying to welcome him are actually, you know, being uh, very kind to him and very good to him. They're trying to do something, do something good. I think that the problem probably just comes from the depiction of, you know, what what Kramer is doing and how that's being played for comedy. Yeah, I'm not 100 100 percent sure that they just straight up couldn't try something similar to this now. But uh, I'd be interested in hearing what other people have to say. Yeah. So then we cut to George at Foot Locker. He's trying to do a demonstration of jumping that I feel like that Jason Alexander was probably, you know, holding back probably only jumping at about 50 percent. i feel like he could have actually jumped a little higher i think you're overestimating jason alexander <laughs> his up you know 
I feel like you kids either played sports in school or they were in like drama. And Jason mm. Alexander was definitely in drama from like the first time they offered it. I don't think he's ever played sports in his life. I really did not play any sports. It wasn't. I always liked sports. I just couldn't do. Well, you played sports at recess and stuff, right? Not really. I mean, I, I just was like, I'm terribly uncoordinated and really just very. You really never played sport like in gym class. They would play basketball. You'd never. With your friends on like the weekend, you never played any pickup basketball. I, or anything. I mean, maybe like uh, like a little bit, but I was like I'm so, so horrible. I don't know why. I never thought you were like some super athlete, but I'm shocked that you did. You didn't play any sports whatsoever. I again, I would have liked to, but I just like nobody was, ever called you up and was like, "Hey, Rob, we need you for the uh, you're the sixth man." Oh, never, never, because I would be so bad. That people wouldn't want me to play. Yeah, but I feel like the but you look athletic, so I feel like the first I think time you really, call you. I think that somewhere along the way, Akiva, I think you've gotten a, a my scouting report crossed up with somebody else. You have me you taller, more athletic. <laughs> you look competent. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's six feet tall on the internet. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> uh, no, I feel like that. You know, I probably better at like talking sports always than you know. In my you know my dream job, I think uh, you know on the baseball team would be like to be the announcer. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just shocked you didn't play any sports. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. That uh, not really. No, I think we had like a basketball hoop. When my but my brother is like incredibly athletic. My brother is like uh, like a phenom. In terms of uh, athletic ability. Yeah. So when you were like 10 and he was two, he could beat you? Uh, n- not quite. But I think that, you know, sort of like it was kind of a fair fight. You know, as like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, he's five and I'm like, uh, you know, uh, you know, 13, 14 years old. Like it's not as it's not as big of a mismatch as you would imagine. And now he could probably take you for sure. Oh, not, not even a question. My uh, my brother is like like, uh, you know, he goes he plays in like all these different like intramural leagues. He's like a grown up, but he plays in like and uh, does he refer to himself by his first name he does i don't think so no i think he refers to himself by his uh nicknames okay yeah (laughs) but uh he goes by cess really yes i don't think anyone i don't think anyone's ever called you that no nobody's ever called me that no never cess and then you you, the problem is you open yourself up to cesspool jokes i feel (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) i don't know i don't know then i think that he's coming from me but whatever he's good enough to uh to beat you then if you made that joke i think okay you're only gonna get him fired up all right so kramer comes back and has the good news of hey guess what mel torme wants me to be in this event and uh nobody can believe it jerry and elaine are really just dumbfounded wait hold on why you why would they need you at this event and he puts his feet up and Jerry starts to put two and two together. Yeah, I do. This whole scene is really good where they do a good job of explaining like, oh, yeah, you're not going to that event. Like, we're going to that event. What are you talking about? Yeah. And 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 like slowly realizing, which happens a few times in this episode, like, oh, I got it. Kramer does a really good job. Michael Rich does a, a strong job in this scene. And really the whole way through of just being like very excited that he feels like that he is a VIP where the way that he just like is talking about Mel Torme, he's like, I'm going to go out with Mel Torme. Like he's like really excited about the whole thing. Yeah. And we don't see Kramer's response even when they say like, <laughs> oh, he thinks you're mentally challenged. Kramer doesn't speak after that. So mm-hmm. I'm not, sh- you know, we don't know 
if he even believes that that's what they think. I really think that his whole is like, oh, you guys are just being haters. You guys are just hating on the fact. Right, you're that jealous that I get to sit at the at the at the you know dais. You're jealous because he doesn't have any second thoughts about it. He doesn't like if this was George, he'd be like, oh, maybe I can schedule a dentist appointment before so I can get the Novocaine again so that they'll think the same thing and then I can go to the event. Like Kramer just shows up, like he is not worried about this at all. Uh, yeah, no, he's not. He's not a schemer like george definitely not okay so we go back to tim watley in the dentist office here with jerry and it's time for jerry's appointment now jerry is asking about another nurse where's jennifer today now uh, we never got to see jennifer that the nurse that yeah there, so there's a deleted scene okay that it i that there's like a another like a third unseen uh in the regular episode uh dental hygienist Mm-hmm. And I guess that's Jennifer. And she does say to like Watley does mention like, oh, she was a model. OK, so, so that's the Jennifer. But uh, that scene is cut. But they accidentally leave that bit of dialogue in. So there is a another woman working uh, with Tim Watley, another hygienist, I guess. And uh, that or or nurse. I'm not sure exactly what the uh, other positions are in Tim Watley's office. And uh, he says, oh, it's fun to swap now and then. So. Again, definitely tapping into that. What is Tim Watley up to? But I do feel like that this is a little bit of a turn for the Tim Watley character where, yes, he did want to take a lane to the Super Bowl and then thought they were going to share a room. But I feel like that that was a very understandable mistake. Like now we've taken a turn with the Tim Watley character. He truly has broken bad and broken extremely pervy um yeah i think elaine really dodged the bullet by not going to the super bowl <laughs> right right i don't know what uh, she would have he would have put in her drink at the super bowl or something but i don't i'm not sure she would have made it home from florida i mean and the implication here is not only does tim watley have an adults only dental practice wait that, that's the problem that he's an adults only dental practice well no well this is uh, the beginning of the issue here uh, an adults only dental practice where pornography is just strewn about. He's also engaged allegedly in some sort of like dental hygienist uh, sex swap with other dentists. Like, I mean, this this Thanksgiving party, it did not appear to be this uh, really scandalous affair going on. Yeah, the dentists there seem pretty tame, but I guess he doesn't mix business with pleasure because it's <laughs> not. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think why, and you know, a lot of times we don't know. Like you and I will argue after, like it's fifty fifty. The editing doesn't let us know. It's it's up to us to decide. Like, did it happen or didn't happen? We're really very heavily led to believe here that uh, that some funny business went down. Yes, yes, I do have some theories on this as well as we get to the real scandal that takes place. So then we get to George that he is in his office and he gets a phone call about the sports wholesaler about the shoe business. But Wilhelm walks in and he overhears George's conversation. He thinks that George is having a conversation with whoever is his dealer for the stolen equipment. Yeah, and it's a sitcomy thing where he doesn't say like, "Oh no, I was talking about these shoes, and I'll show you my shoe." You know, <laughs> I don't know if he has a business card yet for the shoes. Like, I'll show you my legitimate shoe business that has nothing to do with uh, right 
you know, stealing a batting cage. He doesn't have a pair of the shoes, even though he's wearing them at Foot Locker under his desk or anything like that. He also happens to be eating the Kung Pao chicken. And because of that, it's so spicy that Wilhelm outs him. You're a liar, George. You're sweating bullets. You need to go see Mr. Steinbrenner. Not great lunch food. Like, I, I'll, I'm fine with the Kung Pao chicken, but I feel like it's a dinner food. It's a weird thing to eat in your office. It smells up the office, and then you're all sweaty and gross. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't re- not recommend it for lunch. All right. So now back in Tim Watley's office, Jerry comes to, and he ends up seeing what looks like a blurry Tim Watley buttoning his shirt. And also Cheryl from Tim Watley's office also apparently buttoning her blouse. Also, uh, Jerry is uh, really starting to wonder what the hell is going on. Yeah, I mean, and again, we, you know, we just see Jerry's POV, but it's, you know, she's certainly buttoning up to a point where, you know, if Jerry's seeing the right thing, it's hard to explain. It is hard to explain, though. But have you ever been uh, knocked out for any sort of medical procedure? That's a good question. I don't think for any dental procedure... I had a double hernia, but I was like a year old, mm-hmm. so I, I wouldn't, I'm sure I was knocked out, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I had my wisdom tooth out back in, I think it was, yeah, it was right around, it was right before I started doing the the podcast. It was like January 2010, and I had my wisdom tooth out, and they knocked me out. I was uh, completely um, out, and then when I came to... Apparently, I don't even know what I was talking about. I wasn't making any sense whatsoever. And I think that the fact that we see this from Jerry's POV, I think really speaks to the fact that Jerry is not a reliable narrator in this scenario. Yeah, there, you, the argument for it's in Jerry's head is pretty strong here, even though I, I am in the other camp. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely can see that argument. Yeah. And so I... I am tending to believe that Tim Watley is innocent in terms of any foul play going on. Yeah, I mean, it's such a harsh move making him like essentially a rapist that I don't know if like, you know, he's a repeating character. We see him a bunch of times after this. Like, I don't know if we could, you know, if if Watley did this, if we could really. uh, And we find that other bad things about him. But I don't know if if this is really. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, let's let's continue this conversation as we go to uh, Elaine and Jerry as they talk about this. So Elaine says, maybe you were under the gas. Maybe you were hallucinating, which is totally a thing that you just like. I I really I forget what I was. I I have to ask my wife. But I was like, like, you know, talking about something. And they were like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And you see videos all the time of people like that come out from being on knocked out. And uh, that they were, you know, talking about like they think that they're whatever and they're convinced. Yeah, I'm not sure. Also that I don't know why that Jerry for this one cavity also needed to be knocked out. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, to me. that makes no sense. <laughs> Who gets knocked out for a cavity? That really seems like that's over the top in terms of uh, what they needed to do. But anyway, so Jerry says not only that my shirt was out yeah but again this is a dispute because he's not sure because it's a golf shirt it's like you could tuck or you can't tuck yeah and he's you know he's he's not sure if it was tucked so it doesn't really give us a definitive answer one way or the other sometimes he tucks sometimes he doesn't uh jerry wants to know is this guy a dentist or caligula just in terms of what could have potentially gone on i mean this scenario almost makes no sense that okay, so let's say Tim Watley and this hygienist are hot and heavy. They're really going to get into it. That they're going to 
engage in some sort of an act while a patient is passed out in the chair. Now, I guess it's a question. Do they do actually do the dental work that they were supposed to do? And if so, did they do that before or after? I guess let's assume, okay, they filled the yeah, cavity. That takes a lot of time, so. They filled the cavity, and they said, okay, well, I guess we got like 15 minutes until this guy wakes up. What do you want to do? Okay, uh, let's get into it. Why on earth would they need to, okay, Let's get Jerry naked also for this. Yeah, it's a good question. I think maybe, right, maybe they're having a good time, but Jerry's not involved at all. They just have a thrill of having him in the room. And that I would buy. There's no reason why. So maybe that's the answer. Now I'm turned around to that could be the the case. There's no reason why they would need to do anything. Like what, what on earth could these two people even do with Jerry that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't know about? Like that, that I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Are they just like, for some reason they just want to, uh, they just want to touch him while he's, while he's sleeping there in the, in the chair. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's pretty, either way, it's pretty weird. It's hard hard to get inside the mind of the sexual predator, Tim Watley. But to me, I I don't know. This story has a lot of holes in it. Uh, Yeah. Now I'm really swinging. Like, I'm not even sure. I don't even know what. Why take Jerry's pants off? They're into weird stuff. I don't know. <laughs> They're both into the same weird stuff. I mean, you if it was just Tim Watley and they say, okay, that's this guy's weird thing. But there's another person there. What are the chances these two people they're both into? Oh, yeah, this is like uh, this is called the weekend at Bernie's. Watch this. Uh, well, so I, I, how weird is it that they're just switching dental dental hygienists like midweek or whatever? That's that's even less likely than this whole swinging thing. Well, right. And that does speak to this horrible like sex trafficking that's going on between these dentists in 1995. Yeah, are, are, are they even up for it? Like are they right. are they are the hygienists getting like uh, like double time or something? Are, right. are they willing participants? What are the chances that there's these nymphomaniacs? Uh, oral hygienists that work for dentists. Yeah, how, do they, just, how do they bring it up the first time? Like, uh, do you know my uh, friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Watley over on 79th Street? Right. Are they even trained to be any sort of dental technicians? Ooh, are they maybe just, they're like from, they found them at like scores or right, something. Right. They're just like sex workers that are like, hey, do you want better hours and benefits? Okay. Come work for me. Just hand me things and then we'll do whatever. And then you go trade with other dentists around the city. Yeah. I don't know how you broach it. Like any crazy thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you bro, you know, yeah, you broach any of this stuff without uh, for the first time without like getting slapped in the face and them quitting or calling the police. Right. But I, I just I don't see a lot of evidence as to what, you know, Tim Watley with this woman, what they would need to do with a passed out naked Jerry. Yeah, my neighbor is a dental hygienist, but I feel like there's no good way for me to get into this conversation with my friend. No, wife. Don't, 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 don't bring it up. <laughs> don't bring it up and hope they don't listen. Oh, yeah. No, she definitely <laughs> doesn't listen. But uh, now, now I really have to hope she doesn't listen. <laughs> okay. Actually, there's also a, a kind of a dark conversation that happens uh, the rest of this scene in Monks with Elaine and Jerry, where, uh, you know, Jerry doesn't think he's hungry. And Elaine says, all right, so what? You were violated by two people while you were under the gas. So what? You're single. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that seem like a very dark thing for Elaine to be saying? Yeah, I think uh, I think Twitter would really have red flagged that comment. I mean, all right, so what? Maybe you were the victim of a sexual assault. Big deal. So <laughs> yeah, what? You're single. <laughs> and he says, yeah, but I'm damaged goods now. And she says, also extremely dark, welcome to the club. Yeah, I think... 
I, I don't think she's saying that she was assaulted necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think she's kind of saying like she's been around a little bit and she's in her mid to late 30s and she's single. Okay, we all have baggage, you're saying. That's what that's, she does. I think, what she's saying. I, I think it's too dark to assume she's like, who hasn't been assaulted in the dental chair? Yeah. She does take it a lot worse when she's talking about this guy who uh, she has been set up with at the gym through Jimmy. And Jerry explains, no, 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 no. Jimmy is the guy. She's like, no, no, that's that's impossible. That can't be it. Like, yes, that guy is Jimmy. Yeah, Jerry's like omniscient in this episode. He's realizing, <laughs> oh, you you think you're you're into this third guy, like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, is Sherlock Holmes omniscient? I don't know if he's omniscient, but he's basically he can sort of like piece things together very very quickly. Yeah, I've never seen Sherlock Holmes anything. Yeah, but didn't you teach English? I mean, aren't you? Uh, Familiar Do you think with, I have to read every book ever to teach high school English? I mean, I think that's probably one of, what, the top 15 iconic nah, literary figures. No, nah, yeah, but yeah, but there's no, like, Sherlock Holmes book that's, like, on most high school syllabi yeah. syllabuses. Okay. First of all, there's a reason I don't teach high school English anymore. Didn't you just make a list of the top 100 TV shows of all time? Sherlock did not crack the list? Well, Any of the it. versions? It be on my elementary? List? It's on some people's list. No, for, first of all, elementary is not going to be on anybody's list, right? Family Matters was on your list. Family Matters I watched. <laughs> Again, me watching the show is the number one factor to it being on the list. I ne- I've never seen one episode of anything Sherlock Holmes related. It's too British. <laughs> You're not an anti-Britite, are you? No, no. But listen, I'm pro-Australian. Most of our listeners here, we got, we're... we're we're like the number one podcast in Australia. In England, we're just like another... <laughs> number one Seinfeld podcast in Australia. No, I think number one overall. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, uh, we get to go see that George comes in and he says that I have to go see Mr. Steinbrenner because I'm being questioned as a, another, a person of interest, another CBS show, uh, in this uh, big... Sporting equipment heist. Yeah, they go straight, you know, this, because why wasn't he just fired if they believed that it was him? Well, he needs to talk to Mr. Steinbrenner. He's got, Steinbrenner's going to make the final call on this. Wilhelm doesn't yeah, have been, that. This guy's been employed for like months. I don't, I don't think uh, he's getting the benefit of the doubt in no. real life. All decisions in the Yankee organization are run through Steinbrenner. So yeah, Wilhelm. Steinbrenner's fired a manager, like se- the same manager seven times, probably not even to his face. Okay. He's going to fire the assistant to the traveling secretary, but he needs to speak to him first. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, Billy Martin get this type of face to face. Billy Martin probably did get that kind of face to face. And and, and all right, that's a good question. If we could find that, how many of the firings of Billy Martin were face to face? Yeah, I'm just saying that Wilhelm doesn't have the authority to fire anybody. That's fair, but I feel like Steinbrenner could tell Wilhelm he's fired. Get him out of here by noon. Yeah. Well, I think that George just wants, you know, he feels like that he's been a uh, real advocate for George. I mean, don't forget that George pulled off the whole thing with the Cuban pitchers and stuff like that. So he's got to be not just you're right. He's not just another employee. I think I think he's like a pet. You know, at this point, he's maybe being groomed to be like, you know, some of his kids end up being kind of duds. So. Right. Maybe he's being groomed to be uh, one of the successors. Yeah. Or to marry you, the Steinbrenner daughter. I mean, isn't that. Oh, he would have been a better choice. Yeah. Who who is it that that married one of the Steinbrenner daughters? I think it was Steve Swindell, and he was supposed to be, and then they got divorced, like, right as he would have become the owner, and and then now he's just out of the picture. Yeah, so I think that maybe that that was going to be the case. He's like the Triple H of of, uh, (laughs) of the Yankees. 
Uh, Triple H didn't divorce Stephanie McMahon, though, right? Oh, no, I'm no, saying he's okay. he, yeah. like he wants he to be been. Triple H. Triple H is, uh, you know, married in and now is like the golden boy. Yeah. And so then you had uh, George probably Wilhelm said to Steinbrenner, like, oh, this guy Costanza, he's stealing all the equipment. You're like, no, I can't imagine that about George. No, I, I need to talk to him. Like, uh, I need to ask him about this. I, I don't believe it. And so that's probably why he has to go see him in his office. Steinbrenner is vouching for Costanza. I wonder at what point did they realize that the that the Steinbrenner Costanza stuff that they have the same name? Like, I wonder really in this episode, like the chicken or the egg thing. Like, did it start the Kung Pao chicken or the egg? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Did it start from this scene and work backwards to a character that that speaks that calls himself Jimmy, or did this scene sort of is this like a happy coincidence? that they got to it and like oh it'd be great if george calls himself george in front of the boss or did they realize that george has the same name as steinbrenner and that's where they wrote the jimmy from that's what i just said but yes yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's a good question this is actually a decent question for jerry or larry when we speak (laughs) okay add it to the list (laughs) all right uh so and George says that the reason why he was sweating when Wilhelm talked to him was because uh, he was eating the chicken. And he says that George likes spicy chicken. And uh, he s- tries to change it. I like spicy chicken when Jerry calls him on it. And Jerry starts saying, no, you said George likes spicy chicken. You're turning into Jimmy. Um, yeah, George is getting angry. <laughs> I think. Uh, and and uh, as the listener pointed out, George really uses this. Uh, in further episodes, like he refers to himself as George a number of times after. Yes, this yes. This we take this with us past the Jimmy. Yeah, it's funny because Jimmy, who's maybe he's probably the most iconic one-time character. You know, the episode's named after him. He's a famous mm-hmm. character. We never see or hear from Jimmy again. Uh, whereas Arnold Deemsfry shows up again. Oh wow! Well, he, he he's not. It's I don't know if it's canon because he's cut from the finale, but he is there saying that Kramer, uh, you know, impersonated a special needs person, basically. But it, that, you know, because he's not a memorable character, it was wisely cut from the finale. Yeah. Okay. Didn't have the same oomph as like the soup Nazi or, pot or, or Babu coming in. All right. So Jimmy is back at the gym with Elaine. And so uh, there's been a misunderstanding. Elaine tries to tell Jimmy and Jimmy doesn't like misunderstandings. And Jimmy adds, uh, kind of menacing, uh, says that Jimmy and misunderstanding kind of clash. Yeah, that's a very specific thing to like, <laughs> I hate misunderstandings. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my, that's one of my three biggest pet peeves, misunderstandings. Yeah, but he does seem very, uh, like, uh, dangerous. And Disturbed, like, right. Yeah. And we'll yeah, see more Jimmy, of that. I would almost want to see Jimmy's backstory. And in, in, uh, like, what if Seinfeld, what if just like the finale of season six, was none of the four regulars, and we just sat with Jimmy for 22 minutes. Like, wouldn't wouldn't it be worth wasting one of the 180 episodes to find out more about Jimmy? No, I think it would be sort of like dark and twisted. Like, I think that you know, The Walking Dead does this, where you just sort of like get like the one off like backstory episodes about a character, and I think that that would be a terrifying. I think you're right that Jimmy just goes from city to city, and he may just like murder somebody, and then that's when he needs to get back on the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, he probably tries the murder. Like, Kramer, like, is lucky that there was security there. Uh, yeah, it is a good point. I do think, yeah, because he's, like, so charismatic. You'd think, like, and he even says, like, I got no friends in the city. I'm new here. But it's almost like Lost, like, where, where like, where, what's his backstory? Like, maybe it's interesting. 
maybe it's you know it's like a Boone or Shannon story that's not so interesting. But I would have liked to at least see what it was. Maybe there's something pathological about him also, where he can't identify with himself in the first person. Where the only way that he can sort of live with himself is to talk about himself in the third person. Like it's not me that killed those people. Jimmy killed those people. Ooh, Jimmy's like a murderer. It. Jimmy's a dangerous I like guy. I can't control what Jimmy does. I could see like the jinx doing that. I could see Robert Durst <laughs> doing that too. Right. And I could say that now because, you know, we're always afraid of serial killers coming and killing us, but he is behind bars at this point. So. <laughs> behind bars. I think we're, we got at least we got a few years before Jinxie comes out and goes after us. <laughs> right. Do we have any sort of a uh, psychological correspondent? Oh, that's good. Mental There's health correspondent. Serial killer expert or something like that. <laughs> we want to hear. Does Jimmy show any signs of being a serial? Right, we need like a Jodie Foster from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, something like that. Something Anyone, like that. We'll, we'll take even an amateur expert. Sure. Even somebody who's like a fan of Hannibal. Uh, yeah, like I've been on Reddit and, and like checked out the serial killer subreddit or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right. So we see now and we find out what a reveal this is that, hey, look, Hank's got a new boyfriend. Jimmy's not threatened by Hank's sexuality. Jimmy's happy for Hank. Yeah. And I, this is almost like a weird throwaway, but it is uh, like, I, what do you make of this? I really don't know what to make of it. It is weird how Jimmy describes that. It's almost like, you know, that we do need the exposition that, hey, there's the guy that Elaine had the hots for. We're not going to see him just like making out with a guy, but we need Jimmy to sort of explain that, oh, that guy that you were into, he doesn't play for your team. Do you think Larry says to Jerry at a certain point, like, we have to make sure that the Jerry and George protesting so vigorously that they're not gay doesn't come off as homophobic. So let's what if this like super hunk named Hank is uh is is gay and then i'll make it seem like we're cool no i don't think it's that i mean we've we're already past uh the outing uh and the i know but like why but it's just so arbitrary like it doesn't it it doesn't do anything for the episode i think it's just a payoff for the elaine story of that that she wanted to go with this guy that obviously now that it turns out that he's gay elaine says that well i've already been through that i'm not going to do that again so i guess i'll take jimmy i have no other alternative to take him with me to the Mel Torme concert because he has to be there to punch Kramer in the face. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, yeah, I mean, it's just a and twist. Maybe, they and they need also for like, this. for whatever reason, in season six, love mentioning things, you know, like uh, things that have happened in the last ten episodes. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a good, it's a good opportunity for them to bring up like Elaine trying to convert someone in the switch and stuff like that. Okay. So now Elaine is going to be at the benefit, which is at the Marriott with Kramer. Kramer wants to go get off the line to go get some candy. Again, candy is all over this episode because of all the dental work that's being done. And so Kramer goes to get candy. Here comes Jimmy on crutches. Yeah. So no traction, but maybe a compound fracture. Yes. And so uh, very quickly, Jimmy goes over and sees, hey, that's the guy who sidelined Jimmy. He took the bread out of Jimmy's mouth. Jimmy's out of work because of you. And Jimmy, it's almost like it's not funny at all what happens. It's like that that Jimmy just starts attacking Kramer. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a weird scene because, first of all, Jimmy clocks Kramer in the face. Like, I don't know if this is Michael Richards, like, who's, as we said, a method actor, like, really getting decked. But it's a, it's a pretty serious, like, punch. And then it's, like, ground and pound right away mm -hmm. uh right there's no comedy it's just jimmy is all like anger and just punching yeah and they drag him out of there and he's like jimmy's gonna get you kramer uh don't touch jimmy let go of jimmy and i guess you know you get, it's a little bit funny uh as jimmy's being dragged out 
But now we see Kramer now, and he has the swollen lip, and it's back like he was Novocaine once again. Isn't it a little surprising that we never see Jimmy again in any capacity? Like after he's threatening that we're going to see him again, like a little bit like crazy Joe Davola. Yeah, I wonder maybe Jimmy was like a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah, that's It has to be. <laughs> I do think that 90% of the guest actors like, oh, we really liked hanging out with him. He could be in two more episodes. Like I could see Cranston is supposedly the best guy in the world. Yes. So he's on set, probably like brings everyone a gift. Like, oh, bring like, that hey, guy invite, back. Bring that guy yeah, let's, back. Let's, invite Cran- let's, let's sign Cranston up to a six episode deal or something. Yeah. Oh, keep Whereas, having him come back. Oh, he's the best. You know, we're like Alton Bennis is a lunatic and they never have him on again, even though the plan was to have him on. I do think part of it is like, how much do we like these people? And we have to live with them that week. So, you know, maybe Anthony Clark was a pain in the neck or whatever. Did he ever do anything else ever again? Yeah, I, his his I, I don't know if he has like one. And I, I said Anthony Clark. I think that's the guy in Yes, dear. His Anthony, name is Anthony Stark. Stark. Yeah, it is the same difference. Um, I, I don't know his biggest credit. He's on a show called Make It or Break It that I've never heard of. He did a lot of episodes of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in The Magnificent Seven that I've never heard of. He did a bunch of episodes of that. Yeah. Um, he, was a, he was like one of the guys in George Carlin's show. Like it, he's, he had a career. Like he paid the bills acting for a while. Mm. But I don't know. Uh, like I, I don't know anything about him. Jimmy's no. career never jumped up that high. No, no. This is obviously this is what he's best remembered for. <laughs> the Jimmy. <laughs> All right. So now we go to Kramer. He's at the head table with mel torme and uh you know uh kramer talks about how that telling mel torme that he's been living on his own mel torme has a good line i says uh well i think that's the tops yeah mel torme really uh plays along here <laughs> yeah okay so we get that mel torme is also mistaking kramer for uh somebody who is uh having uh some uh, a uh some sort of special needs person or somebody with uh, a mentally challenged person uh, yeah, Torme really should have won an Emmy here. Yeah. All right, so we see George now going into Steinberg's office, and uh, he says, okay, come in, George. Uh, I hear that you've been uh, pilfering the equipment. Uh, yeah, George would never do anything like that. <laughs> and he's like, you're right. I, why would I do that? I, I own it. <laughs> <laughs> like Sort of like circular logic ends up completely getting Steinbrenner off the subject. Uh, he's like, yeah. And George's like, well, yeah, why would George steal from the Yankees? He's like, he wouldn't. Of course not. Exactly. <laughs> I do love this sitcomy thing where like if you could distract the boss, he'll never bring it up again and you don't get fired. Yeah. Like Wilhelm, how does this conversation work? Next time Wilhelm walks into Stunmer's office, he's like, "So, uh you uh you getting rid of of Costanza? You're dealing with him?" He's like, "Ah, oh, no, he's fine. I like him." Yeah, he's like, "Uh well, George said he would never do it, so um well, that's good, good enough for me. He's a man of his word." Uh he's got that pipeline to Cuba. And so I think that he probably is just uh, willing to overlook it. I mean, what's really a tarp? And a pitching machine to Steinbrenner. I feel like he'd be more hung up on on uh, dumber stuff than that. Yeah, I guess. Like, just promise not to do it again, George. Yeah. And so uh, then Steinbrenner starts talking about how it's time for lunch. And darn it, it's ham and cheese again. Uh, the, who is the she that he's talking to? Is there a, a George Steinbrenner's wife that's packing him a lunch? Uh, maybe it's Jennifer's daughter. <laughs> maybe. Uh, that he likes fancy mustard. He would put fancy mustard on a shoe and it would taste good. And he has a cupcake. And he eats the cupcake upside down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that a little bit like a muffin top type thing? Um, I, I guess that the best part of the cupcake is the top, I guess. I don't know if you really, there's a lot of overflow on it. Like, I don't think anybody's really worried about the cupcake stump. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I also feel like that was sort of like a hostess like type cupcake, not like one of these like good, like modern day cupcakes. Yeah. Also, don't mix the mustard with the. Uh... Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. 
so then uh, Mel Torme, as you mentioned, is going to get a full minute to sing his whole song. And when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. And uh, boy, uh, Michael Richards fully committed to the performance here. Oh, yeah. I mean, when does Michael Richards ever not commit to a bit? But yeah, he is to- he, like he doesn't say a word really until he's asked to sing at the very end of the scene. Mm hmm. But he's he's he's, you know, acting with his mouth the entire time. Yeah. And it is especially funny because that when you think about it from Kramer's perspective uh, that he is just beaming that Mel Torme is serenading him with this song. Sure. He should be. Like, he's not faking it like Cra- that no part of Kramer is saying I am pretending to be uh, the person that is to get sympathy that, I, that I'm pretending to be some sort of special needs person. Like Kramer is 100% just being Kramer himself. Everybody else is just making the mistake. Totally. And I think like, and it's also like a cool moment. Like I'm no Mel Torme super fan, but it, like it <laughs> I is a, you it's were. like, I'm a casual, I'm a Mel Torme casual. I think it, it's just a very nice moment. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's like, it's a cool song and, and, you know, so like it makes sense that the character is just super happy to be like next day while he's singing it. Okay. All right. So then, uh, we end up getting, uh, one more scene in the episode where Kramer is on the street with Jerry and, uh, Kramer has gone into a store, uh, to, uh, get a new edition of penthouse magazine and jerry's mr good bar candy bar uh yeah so again you you know another candy thing but i you know i'm not buying the whole candy thing yeah and so kramer reads a letter from the penthouse forum as we know back in uh what is the episode is it the jacket which what's what episode is that where kramer ends up picking up penthouse forum yes it is the jacket okay uh going back to uh a while back i think that's last that's last season uh, when we are picking up the uh, the jacket to uh, well, there we have the bobka. Oh no, sorry, that's the it's the dinner party. The dinner party, um, and so that he reads the letters as as an avid reader. I've always wondered if the letters uh are true. I'm a dentist, and one afternoon, uh, my hygienist and I decided to have a little fun with one of our patients. Of course, none of our patients had any idea exactly what we were up to. I'm still wondering what if. And Jerry uh is has his mouth open and is like, oh my god. All right. So, Akiva, I said earlier in the episode that I didn't believe Tim Watley was guilty of any wrongdoing. And I'm sure you're saying, well, how do you explain the penthouse forum letter? No, I think I know how you're. See, you're strawmanning me, and I think I know your answer. Okay. What do you think it is? I think we established this canon in the dinner party that these letters are fake. Well, that's one that's one theory. The letters are fake. But this letter is so specific. There's millions of dentists. There are millions of dentists. <laughs> but is Kramer making this up? And Ooh, that's Jerry? a good one. No, I don't think so. But that's a good point. I mean, could he be? Because, you know, Jerry probably mentioned this to Kramer. You would think, unless he's afraid that Kramer's going to say something to Tim Watley. But they no, both, I think it came up. It's a good. It, it's a good question. Came up, and then Jerry is that Kramer's mo really like pranks? Uh, I think that he could is capable of that. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting theory, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that that would be one explanation. It's an explanation. You could also say the letters are fake as well. But I think that Kramer could be just messing with uh, Jerry about that because, you know, that Kramer does seem intimately familiar with the format of the penthouse forum. Uh, yeah, he said like he just reads it for the letters to the editor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Akiva, let's start to uh, put this baby to bed. Uh, very uh, supersized Seinfeld recap podcast. 
here today. So well, it's the 100th episode, right? One, our, our 100th episode. It's, a good, it's been a good one. It's been a good one. Lots of, lots of ground covered. So in terms of anything else that would be different from 2016 to 1995, anything else? Uh, the Tim Watley storyline, obviously, I think that the... Uh, are they even still publishing Penthouse? I'm not, I, I honestly don't know. This is that's also like an incognito thing when you want to search and, and see, even if you're just checking for the Wikipedia page. The whole, by the way, the whole episode just doesn't air. That, what's different in 2016? This doesn't make it to the air. The George, the George uh, stealing the uh, the equipment subplot maybe is fine. No, because I think that all with all the security at Yankee Stadium, I don't think that how would that even be possible? Yeah, that's true. I, it couldn't happen. But I'm just saying, like in terms of propriety, like. <laughs> Maybe the Elaine storyline with Jimmy, like I, it's it's hard, you know, more than almost any other episode. It, it you know, other than well, if they had a cell phone, it wouldn't work. Other than that, I think this just whole thing doesn't happen. Okay, let's grade out the episode. Uh, George uh, with Kung Pao Chicken with Jimmy. You know, the, it's a very intertwined episode, so it's hard to give a lot of people different grades. Like, how do you differentiate Elaine storyline from just the general Jimmy storyline? So I'm just giving everybody an A. Give everybody an A. Nobody does not right, get I mean, an A. Because everyone's connect, like, it's not like people, people don't really have individual storylines. Like you could say like, it's interesting, like Jerry's the main character and he's not at the, you know, like the ultimate scene in the episode where, uh, you know, the Mel Torme singing and the Kramer thing, like they didn't find, figure out a way, not that they needed to, to get basically the two main characters, Jerry and George, even into that scene. Uh, so they're almost like side characters in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Everything works. The Watley stuff in the dentist chair for Jerry is an A. Elaine's part of the Jimmy thing is an A. Kramer is an A plus plus, and uh, and you know George does enough with Jimmy that will give him an A. Uh, you know, even though he's maybe the fourth out of four in this episode, I still give George an A. Okay, all right. So then, where does this episode land for you in your episode rankings? Um, so I have, uh, the Did Jimmy it make it into the pantheon of top 10 that you will not tell us. Well, it's top nine, uh, is the pantheon, uh, I mean, hallowed grounds with the marine biologist, the Hamptons, the contest and the opposite, uh, the Jimmy gets, uh, the fifth spot in the, Oh, uh, it's in, the, it's in, in the there. Top nine, uh, of, of episodes that I guess we'll rank, uh, at the, at the end of this you know, in a hundred more episodes when we get up to 180 more episodes. But uh, yes, the Jimmy, there's four spots left for any takers out there. The Jimmy is number five in the top nine. Okay, great. All right, let's get into our mailbag. Seinfeld at Post Show Recaps. And actually, before we jump into the mailbag, it is our 100th episode and we get to make a request of our listeners for the 100th episode. That is customary that is tradition in podcast lore on your 100th episode. Yeah, 100th is request of listeners. You get to ask your listeners for one thing. And that one thing would be to rate or leave us a comment in our iTunes store. If you are here, if you're listening to us, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we have, but what, uh, just about 100 ratings in our, uh, on the uh, iTunes 129. Page. And we hadn't had, we haven't had a bad review since 2014. Um, but some, uh, I'm sure, non-listener did knock us down from five stars uh, without reviewing it. An anonymous sniper Uh-oh. this week. We finally, we had, we were at five stars. Now we're at four and a half. So just a couple people would, would give us five star rating. If we're, they feel it's deserved, then we'll be right back to five stars. Yeah. And we do appreciate it. In addition to a star ratings, if you could even just say a little, say a little something on the page, uh, pretend it's like our birthday and it's Facebook. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. 
postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes, or you can search for Seinfeld Post Show Recap on iTunes. All right, Akiva, let's get into the mailbag. Where do you want to start? Don't you think it's crazy we've done 100 episodes? Uh, Does it feel like more or less? Probably more. No, right? it feels about right. I mean, we started this podcast. I mean, this is going to be closing in on the two-year anniversary of doing this podcast. Like, oh, everything's uh, an anniversary. We've got 100 podcasts together. we got the 100th episode. 100. We're just, we're just milking these anniversaries. What an honor it's been to do 100 podcasts with my favorite podcaster. I don't know why... Uh, Bill Simmons hasn't posted a single one of them, but it, w- it was a great honor. Uh, Johnny DeSilvera, right? <laughs> Work there. on the roast material for 200 okay, episodes. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'll leave the jokes to you. Uh, Johnny DeSilvera says uh, the shoes that Jimmy Sills really do exist, they were sold through auto mix fitness equipment in the 80s and 90s. Hmm, okay. He also asked a good question. Uh, he said, who was, you know, we never got an answer. Like, if we're going to nitpick the Jimmy in the top nine, who was stealing the Yankees equipment? I mean, didn't we get the answer to this? Wasn't it Ruben Rivera? Ooh, I don't think he's around, though, then. Yeah. Like a kid. <laughs> I think so. All, was it Charlie Samuels? Did he have like a, a cross-town contact in the Bronx? You know what? It, it probably was the equipment, the equipment manager or someone in that department. I mean, didn't the Mets have the same exact thing in real life where their longtime equipment manager, Charlie Samuels, was uh, stealing a bunch of stuff from them? Well, actually, Rob, yes. in 1995, do you know who made their Yankees debut? Who? Ruben Rivera? Ruben Rivera. <laughs> Tell the Ruben Rivera backstory for any of our listeners who are not... Uh, <laughs> This is, by the way, this is the least favorite podcast for any of our Yankee fan listeners. Oh, yeah, but they also, I feel like we trashed them enough that I'm not even sure they're with us anymore. Yeah, so Ruben Rivera was like uh, a really, uh, he was like a bench warmer for the Yankees. Yeah. He was like Scott Pollard of the Yankees. But wasn't he supposed to be like a big time prospect? Yeah, he was a prospect, but he never panned out. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was like one of these five tool prospects. Yeah. Yeah. and then he got caught stealing from Derek Jeter's locker. <laughs> yes. And they cut. He stole Derek Jeter's glove. <laughs> steal from like Danny Tartable and like maybe you'll get suspended for a week. <laughs> you steal from Jeter, you're getting cut. Let's be fair. Yeah. So it was not George. The only person more powerful in the Yankees organization is George Steinbrenner. Maybe George Costanza. Maybe. Okay. Uh, oh, it's a return of Elaine, the attractive woman correspondent, uh, who says, uh, do you ever refer to yourself in the third person? Keeve, do you ever go third person? She said, uh, Wieneker's getting upset. I, you know, I do call myself like around my wife and kids sometimes. I will refer to myself as Keevy. <laughs> and my wife, every single time I do it, says that's super weird. Stop doing it. <laughs> So it doesn't work, but I feel like it bothers her so much. A bunch of people ask, like 10 people ask the same question here today. Uh, do we call ourselves the third person? Should we, have the, should we have done the whole podcast without mentioning it, just calling ourselves? I, I feel like it's too on the nose. Too on the nose. I, I, I do, I do, do you ever do it? I do do it, but, but people really don't like it. I think it's just me. They don't like me, so they're just upset that I'm talking. I feel like I rarely ever do it. I think that probably the listeners of the podcast can attest to it. I don't think I do it very often. If I do it, I do it super ironically. I think I'm much... You call yourself the Rob that sucks, so that's like... Yeah, but I don't say it like... the Rob that sucks is going to do this now. The Rob that like uh, watch the Rob that sucks podcast about this. Rob that sucks is uh, has another show coming your way. So I, I don't think I, I often like I, I will say it you know in in passing as that is a nickname of mine. But I don't really refer to myself as that in the third person. I probably do it much more in terms of like with my kids in terms of referring to myself as dad or daddy. But yeah, that that makes sense. I think that like. Uh... 
Also, like, what do you call yourself to your kids? What do you call yourself? Like, you all right, dad's got to go upstairs kids? now. Daddy has to go. Daddy has to work. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. Like if you're let's say you're in front of your kids, especially when your kids get a little older. Like, what do you how do you refer to your wife to them? Mm-hmm. You could say like, you know, or if you're just speaking to your wife, but it's like in front of the kids. You can you could say her name or it could be like, you know, mommy wants you to. It's It's tricky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's take another question. Uh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z is back with a question. Uh, did you guys notice the striking similarities of the Jimmy character to those of little Kevin in It's Always Sunny's season three episode, Sweet D is dating a retarded person. Now, are you a big Always Sunny guy? Um, yeah, I've seen every episode. It's uh, if, if it's in my rankings and you haven't heard it yet, I guess it's in the top 50. Okay. All right. But uh, I don't know how much higher it is. There, so we did get an email. Somebody said my rankings have no validity if It's Always Sunny is not number one. Number one? Best yeah, show of all we, time? We, uh, it's uh, uh, super fan Robbie of the uh, of of the thirty two fans podcast. His favorite show is It's Always Sunny. Wow. Um. Yeah. I I did. I have seen that episode, but I've never rewatched an Always Sunny episode. So I did go on YouTube at, when I got the question just to see it, and it is a really funny scene where uh, ultimately, uh, just like Kramer, uh, Little Kevin is not uh, special. Okay. Uh. He you know he he does this like rap at the end to D and destroys her. And it's uh, it's very funny. I hadn't I hadn't seen it in you know eight nine years since the episode aired. Okay, but uh, it it was it was good. Also, uh, I, I like Jay Z, but wh- why are we writing in in Georgia font? I'm not a big fan of this Georgia font. <laughs> it's hard to read. Uh, Zach Brooks writes in our own Zach Brooks. Uh, What's your most embarrassing sweat story? I feel like it always happens at the worst times. I usually don't give myself enough time to cool off after the gym and sweat way too much on the metro train ride homes. So that's like what you're talking about, Keeve. Yeah, my worst, uh, similar to what I, the story I told last week where I graduate college and I have no job for the first couple months. Mm-hmm. And so my dad says, uh, this person like who's uh, like a family friend is a very, very, very wealthy man. And he said, you're going to go. I said, I set him an appointment with him. You're going to go into his fancy office in Manhattan and he's going to give you advice. And everyone oh. is willing to give you advice. No one's willing to give you a job. And I'd worked. This guy knows me because I'd worked for him for a few summers in college. He, he let me uh, he let me work for him. And it was great. Uh, it was a great uh, summer job. Ate very well that summer. Yeah. Um, and then so I go in and the train it's this summer. The train breaks down and sometimes the subways don't have air conditioning and then like when it pulls up you wonder why in in like rush hour a subway car is empty and it's because the ac is broken and every other car is 100 people in it and this one has zero yes but it was one of those days where like the entire sub like there was no ac on any of them so it's unbearable and you're underground for like 20 minutes and so i'm sweating like no one's ever sweated before and then you go outside and it's like 95 degrees outside and now i'm late because the subway car broke down so i run and i get there and i'm like disgusting like i am so sweaty and smelly and gross mm-hmm. and so you know as, <laughs> hold on what was zach's question um <laughs> it, it, like what was my most embarrassing sweat story yeah. yes so i i get into the meeting and he tells me right away that i smell yeah that i'm gross and he like doesn't want me to sit down on his chair i'm like so disheveled and like my shirt's not even tucked in because i knew like he only had like 15 minutes for me mm-hmm. uh, and uh and, and literally like we never even got started talking he was like he was out on and we'd known each other like he was totally out on me. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. He basically like, all right, you got to go. <laughs> and, he, and we never we never had the conversation. I like uh, that was it. That was, that was it. You never got the advice. 
No advice. <laughs> no, I got no advice. Take I got a shower. Advice. Go, take, go take a shower. Uh, don't show up to this important meeting uh, looking like a disgusting animal. Yeah, I don't think I have any really good uh, sweat stories that I, I typically am always cold and uh, I'm not like a huge sweater and I really don't uh, overexert yeah, myself. You want to always be cold, I feel like, especially in a hot climate like you live in. That's really a, a very important trait. Right. You know, I'm looking at the, it's uh, 84 degrees currently in this room. I'm mildly uncomfortable, but it's not a disaster. Yeah, you want to always be cold. You don't <laughs> want to be a sweaty pig. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my brother uh, that he's, the, you know, he, I think he's the opposite. Uh, even my uh, my kids are the opposite, but I think that uh, no, I'm pr- pretty much. Well, for listen, the most you're part. the dad now. You control the uh, you control <laughs> temperature in your house. Yeah. All right. Uh, what What about uh, Brent? Does Brent have a question for us? Yeah. So Brent writes in and says uh, he was he was watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which apparently is still on. Do you know who's hosting it? Um, I believe it's Cedric the Entertainer, right? Oh boy. Uh, and if fifty thousand dollar question. And the category's episode titles. And the woman used two lifelines and walked away without answering. But Brent says it would have been a five-cent question for anyone who listens to the podcast. Okay, I haven't uh, looked at it. I, I know we have this question, but I haven't seen what the question is. If you okay, so I'm going to ask you the question. Me. And yeah. uh, if you don't get it, this podcast, we are. this is a series finale. I'm not joking. Okay. But there's, I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where you don't get it. $50,000 on who wants to be a millionaire. Okay. Known for its many plots revolving around food. Seinfeld features episodes with all but which of the following titles? A, the Junior Mint. B, the Turkey in a Can. C, the Big Salad. D, the Muffin Tops. Uh, <laughs> what's the B? Mint, what's B? Tur- the, the turkey, turkey in a Can. There's no Seinfeld episode, uh, the Turkey in a Can. No. So, final answer. But, uh, you're right. That, but that's also a no order you don't. Like, if you don't know Seinfeld, <laughs> there's no reason to assume Turkey in a Can is not an episode. Even though Muffin Tops is very famous, Big Salad is pretty famous. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember, like, Big Salad, I feel like that if you wanted to really throw somebody off, like, come up with, like, the na- like a name that either easily could be a Seinfeld episode of sort of, like, uh, like uh, the memo pad or something like that, it's like, oh, I got to really think, like, was that? Yeah, it has to be food related. What about, like, oh, the ice cream hands? Uh, ice cream hands? Ice cream glove. I feel like that's, like, too, that's too memorable. If it was something like, the apple or something like that. Like, Oh boy, that could have been an yeah. episode. Like, I like, you yeah, really have to think bad. about it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I think that that is a, pr- a pretty good one. Um, but you know, there's a horrible fake answer. Oh, so she narrows it down to Turkey in a can or the muffin tops and still can't get it. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Should, after the 50, 50, I feel like, uh, how could, how much could you know if you're not, if you don't, if you don't, I don't, <laughs> Uh, Bad good, job. Good, good catch, Brent. Good, uh, good screen cap there. Bad job. Okay. Uh, Dan, the benefactor says in the episode, we see George fail miserably at selling plyometric shoes. Hint, don't wear the training shoes while demo jumping. Uh, but it leads to another question. <laughs> How does Jimmy sell the shoes? He goes into a shoe store and jumps really high for the salespeople. So what? If I'm a customer walking in that store, just because the salespeople tell me a guy jumped really high wearing those funky shoes, what do I care? And if Jimmy is going around doing live demos, how many shoes can he realistically be selling? We all remember the local shoe store was a happening place during the late stages of Hammer Time, but even still, this is a fairly niche product. To me, Akiva, isn't this the same exact scam as when Nathan Fielder did the movement? Yeah, it is. It is very Nathan for Yui, but there's yeah, there's there's very little upside. Like you could sell these shoes because it's a decent. No, wait product. until you're jumping; you'll have huge upside. Sure, Jimmy but- has upside. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. But ultimately, there's a ceiling to the product because I don't know how anybody sold anything pre-internet except like you worked in the diamond district and people came to buy diamonds for you or, you know. But other than that, like, I don't know how, like, how did Nike get started? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I don't know how anybody, how, like, I don't, they could have sold 20 shoes. It would have been very hard, hard for them to sell 20,000 shoes, though. Yeah. So uh, I think that, you know, there's a lot of problems with this, with this flaw, right? You, you yeah, don't I think we're going to get it some, when uh, a, another reader is going to get into, uh, he's probably not a reader, he's probably a listener, but <laughs> we'll get into a, uh, uh, another aspect of their business plan in a few questions. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, Jamie uh, writes in and says, Jamie thinks Jimmy made up that Hank was gay <laughs> because he knew all along Elaine wanted to date him instead of Jimmy. Was that the same conclusion we had? Interesting. So... It does look as though Hank and uh, this other good-looking guy are, you know, they, again, they are not kissing. They're not. They're not even holding hands, but they are kind of close together. I didn't think about that. Is it possible that Jimmy could have been throwing them under the bus and saying, "Oh, see, Hank is gay. That's why I have to go see." Now, Jimmy does seem to love Mel Torme, and I wouldn't put anything past the psychopath Jimmy. Yeah, because it's not like Elaine is going to follow up. She'd have to get into a conversation with this person she's never spoken to before to, to, to you know, say, hey, Hank, like, uh, where's your boyfriend? You know, like, I don't I, there's no way that Elaine, Jimmy's going to be foiled on this plan. And even if he is, Jimmy's going to be able to talk his way out. Yeah, of it. I don't think in the fiction of the show, it's meant to be that Hank actually is straight and that Jimmy just threw him under the bus to Elaine. Yeah, I don't. It's a good theory. I don't think so. Also, we've seen, you know, uh, whether it's uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. or any of these other guys, Elaine has good game. Elaine has a good pickup game. If she wants a guy who is a potential suitor, although I guess that the last time she was trying to pick up a guy at the gym. Uh, what was the what was the deal with that guy that he like then he like wiped off the drink before he took it from her? But yeah, I think he was a germaphobe. The, for the most part, <laughs> I think that she has pretty solid game, and if she was trying to get a eligible bachelor's attention, I think she could have done it. Yes, I agree. Okay, all right. Uh, what about from Craig, who says, "Is this the most taboo episode in the history of Seinfeld?" Between the mentally challenged storyline with Kramer, the possible rape of from Tim Watley to Jerry. Uh, which after the episode, uh, Craig is very surprised Jerry ever goes back to Tim Watley. <laughs> the reemergence of the controversial gay conversion storyline and the explicit references to pornography. It's amazing this episode stayed in circulation, but the Puerto Rican Day episode did uh, get banned. And do you tuck in a golf shirt? Um, I for, like. I think Craig uh, answered his own question. Like the Puerto Rican Day parade offended a very specific group of people. So they protested, and now that now you know that episode is is generally not rerun. Right? Where who is being like he mentions like the pornography? Okay, no one is really offended by that. The gay conversion is just throwaway line in this episode. Uh, the Watley thing, the show could say we don't say it happened. That maybe it didn't happen. Right. So really, we're only worrying about the Kramer storyline, and ultimately, I don't think that really offended anybody. So yeah. if you go after a specific group, they're going to protest you. But if you keep it vague enough, then I think you're in a safe space. And that's why this is, you know, yeah, a great I think show. that what needed to happen is in 1995, whatever the real life version of the AMCA was right. needed to make a big fuss there. And uh, that didn't happen at the time. And whatever the real life AMCA is dealing with right now, reruns of Seinfeld is just uh, not a 
hot topic for them to be working on. They got a lot of actual work to do. Yeah, I agree. And it would be interesting if like some Seinfeld episode eventually in this culture becomes like uh, like too hot for TV and gets banned retroactively in reruns. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. I think that I think that's a tall order. I mean, someone did write in and say they never see this episode rerun. So maybe it was like, you know, they sneakily took it out of uh, the order. But I don't think so. And it, in terms of tucking a golf shirt in, no, you don't tuck in the polo shirts, right? I, I wouldn't think so. I think that's a very specific I make fun look. of my daughter. She like tucks in every shirt into her pants. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is uh, good to tell you, like if any, if you were sleeping, and anybody tried to untuck your shirt, then you have like, a, like I always tuck in my shirt. Yeah, I would know. I would know if my shirt was tucked in. That's why it's, it's actually very unJerry like not to know. Yeah. OK. Um, what about uh, some other questions we have? Big question. Uh, from Atlanta. He says that referring to yourself in the third person as a name, Iolism, so it's maybe a disease. And then he had a list of some of the great uh, third person speakers of all time. Bob Dole said, if you had to leave your children with Bob Dole or Bill Clinton, I think you'd probably leave them with Bob Dole. I guess it depends how old your child is also. Mm-hmm. If it was like a 16-year-old girl, I'd say for sure, Bob mm-hmm. Dole. I, I'm i <laughs> not sure what age you wouldn't go with Bob Dole. I guess, yeah, that's like, fair. Yeah, uh, Bill Clinton, like forgetting even the biggest Bill Clinton fan. I don't know how much babysitting he's been, he's doing. Yeah, you know? maybe like a little, uh, like a little. I mean, Bill Clinton's kind of an old man too now at this point. Yeah. Like I feel like I, you know, a little, like um, I feel like that maybe like you know, uh, you know, a two or three year old. I think you'd say probably Bill Clinton. He seems like he's probably a little more spry chasing sure. after a kid as opposed to Bob Dole. It's like uh, like Bob Dole. You're gonna get up. You're gonna. He's like uh, the kid's climbing the the cabinets. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's funny. That's my babysitting test he's stealing. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if either of them passed the babysitting test. Uh, Bo Jackson used to say Bo knows Bo. Ricky Henderson would always uh, famously speak in the third person. And uh, as we said before, Elmo. Yeah. What does uh, Dennis from Australia have to ask us? Yeah, I, I, Muhammad Ali, I think, is the, uh, the, the real uh, person who uh, made the third person a thing. Yes, although he made his own third person and then started referring to himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Which his name even. Dennis from Australia wants to say, I was wondering whether getting Newman to showcase the plyometric shoes instead of George might have been funnier. Remember, he's quite light on his feet and a fantastic tennis player. I love his running style. Any chance to showcase that would be gold. Sure, it would be funny. But in terms of the business proposition that, you know, George wanted Jimmy to be showcasing the shoes, I don't think that necessarily Newman is really pulling off being that great of an athlete to Foot Locker. Yeah, and also uh, Jimmy is the heel of this episode. We don't need another bad guy in Newman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about Amir? Amir says, what a wonderfully different time for television it was when the Seinfeld episode originally aired. Not only could you feature comedic storylines about mentally challenged adults and about someone potentially being molested, you could have them both in the very same episode. I don't see how an episode like this flies in 2016. I hear you, Amir. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Maybe it's just me. This is Amir speaking. So I don't know. This is like the eighth person or something. But... It sounds like the audience laughter at the Mel Torme singing to Kramer is by far the loudest laughter we've heard so far in the series. Can we think of any other times the audience went this insane over a bit? Uh, I did think about this a lot today. Yeah. Uh, the audience is going nuts. But what it is, there's like four or five very distinct voices. Like if you went to one of these tapings and you were like a loud laugher, you could hear yourself the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so the audience is going nuts and doesn't stop for like the whole minute and a half Torme is going. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Magic Loogie line is the biggest laugh line of the series so far. Mm-hmm. Bigger than in Marine Biologist? In The Boyfriend, I think. And I think the Marine Biologist line is enormous also. The, the way to tell is like the, the, it, the laughter is so long that the, like, the actors are also laughing and like it takes them like another five seconds to get back into it. Mm-hmm. So 
That would be, I don't know if like Falconer can track the laughing. But yeah, I think that would be a, But tricky. I think the boyfriend and the marine biologist are definitely one too. Okay. And it's also sustained. This is like a one minute bit, as you mentioned, that's going, just going on and on and on. That's like, they're at like a 10 and it's like a sustained 10. It's yeah. not like yeah, one this joke. This is definitely a serious laughter. This yeah, meal. like a one punchline. Yeah, maybe an underrated scene in the series. It's really, uh, he really knocks it out of the park. Okay. The late, great Milton May. And then finally, Chester writes in, and this is really a, Chester has an opus uh, for us today about his beloved New York City doorman that we disparaged last week on the podcast. And Chester has the counterpoint, his op-ed piece uh, for us today. Chester writes in and says, I understand that some of your listeners don't live in New York City, but sorry, people. Seinfeld is a New York City show. Our reliance on doormen is like your reliance on cars. Almost no one in my neighborhood owns a car, but everyone has a doorman. So not only are doormen still a thing, they're vastly more important now than they were in the Seinfeld era. Could you ask, hold on. Can you do Chester's voice while you read this also? <laughs> I really can't. I really... Uh, it's I, a I hard can, voice. Though. I can work on it, but I, but I cannot <laughs> at this point. In fact, but you could at least you could at least match his level of indignation about nonsense. Okay, all right, I can I can turn up the indignation. In fact, people who don't have doorman are so desperate for them that a huge industry has exploded around doorman apps. I've probably seen three or four such ideas on Shark Tank in the last few months. This guy watches a lot of Shark Tank. In 2016, with motion sensor sliding doors and revolving doors for the more environmentally inclined. <laughs> That's a big environmental issue, the sliding, the revolving door over the sliding door. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> Doormen do not actually open the door. The title's a misnomer for someone who actually serves as your building's concierge. This is just, this whole thing is like the, I'd say humble brag, but it's not so humble. This, it's just Chester telling you how much money he has. All right, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> the title is a misnomer. For someone who actually serves as your building's concierge. At the bare minimum, it's someone who handles pick up and drop off, be it Amazon Prime, dry cleaning, gifts, keys, etc. A lot of gifts he's getting. But great doormen are more than that. They know your name. They know your family. Two of the doormen in our building, shout out to Patrick and Elvis, are so great that when we made a list of pros and cons about moving, they were at the top of the pros list and helped convince us to stay. Hashtag leave doormen alone yeah. what was the cons list we don't have any friends who cares <laughs> um i think and also like two of the doormen like he's got eight doormen in the building but he's only pro patrick and elvis the other six won't speak to him wow well i'm just making that up i don't know <laughs> i also i want to know what he's tipping patrick and elvis for christmas okay i don't think we want to know <laughs> oh I, I'm, I'm getting that information out of him if you don't want me to say yeah it. if you you could screw up your birthday gift at Keeve is slipping through your fingers. No, he's, I, I'm not. I don't even have a. I don't even have faith he's going to come through with that. It's very sitcommy. Chester also adds how none of the characters have ever referenced playing basketball, and suddenly they act as though they're serious ballers. Kramer says those losses they stay with me. And what the hell is George wearing in his second appearance at the gym? Have you ever seen an adult play ball in sweatpants and long sleeves? I will add that in The Boyfriend, uh, they are pretty serious about the basketball game. Yes, and they are. They are in the, in the exact same gym with Keith and in locker room with when Keith and George is referred to as a chucker. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, I think they do play basketball. I don't know if he's right. And yeah, I have seen adults play basketball in sweatpants and long sleeves. And it's probably 15 degrees out in New York City at this point because it's early March. Yeah. And finally, one, one other thing that really rubbed Chester the wrong way. Jerry's assertion that he can't watch men sing songs can't possibly be canon. 
Does he really not express enthusiasm for any non-female singers in the show's history? At the very least, we know he enjoys a good opera. Yeah, that is like a weird thing. And does it only is it only for solo acts? Like if it's if it's like uh, Bruce Springsteen, he's not interested. But if the E Street Band is involved, then then Jerry's in. Like I don't. Know I just how think they works. needed a reason why Jerry couldn't go to the thing. I think it, it's not a very him. weak reason. Yes. Okay. All right. So Kiva, my wife is calling me that I need to go and help her with something. I'm assuming you, you hadn't budgeted like three hours for this show. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm assuming it's some sort of a gross. I don't have a doorman that I could go send to go help my wife move stuff around. Well, you don't have a doorman app even. You could help her. I wish I would. Tell me when that's on Shark Tank, an app that can go and my wife needs to be. He says it's been on three to four times. Okay, Tell me which episodes I can watch that. Uh, Tell me when, uh, you know, when Mike Bloom and Jasmine have the uh, that recap of Shark Tank. All right. So what's the hashtag? I've got (laughs) Kung Pao chicken in the egg. All right. Okay. Let's go with that. What's coming up next week? Uh, next week, we have the doodle. The doodle. All right. So that'll be next week on the recap podcast. Thank you guys uh, so much, boy. Uh, Dan, the benefactor, has really got to be kicking himself today. Yeah, a lot of people want to know. We had like a couple weeks ago, we had uh, like a few minutes of dead air. They want to know if, if Dan is on the hook for that. No, he is not on the hook for that. Okay. There's not only on us talking. Yeah, we're not trying to run up the score. All right. So uh, thanks so much to Mike Moore, who does our weekly episode recap. Also, uh, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who edits the podcast all together uh, and makes it into the uh, hopefully pleasant, enjoyable listening experience for you guys. You could follow Keeve on Twitter, still at Keeve26. Yeah, haven't gotten, haven't grabbed that Wienerker yet. Not yet. Also, uh, you could listen to more Akiva and Chester and talk about all the 100 greatest doormen of all time on the 32 Fans podcast available on iTunes. Uh, yes, that's right. All right. Everybody else, take care. Can't wait to read your comments. Happy 100th episode, Keeve. Uh, yeah, we got about 68 more to go. All right. Good stuff. Take care, everybody. Bye.